Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Sunday service. Cody Barton is back in the house. Pace Morby is back in the house. Batman and Robin are back. We have been out. Either one or both of us have been gone. Um, yeah, I feel like it's been a, w- a little bit. It has been, yeah. I mean, either you were running it or I was running it because that's what good partnerships do, guys. That's why you have a partner, all right? So happy Sunday. We're going to be talking about a handful of things tonight, but right out of the gate, I wanted to talk about the challenge that's up and coming. The challenge I've been talking about doing for nearly two years is finally going to happen. I cannot wait to fail miserably in front of thousands of people. Um, so the challenge, bro, is going to happen on August 1st and go through September 1st. And the challenge was originally going to start July 1st, but the TV show has extended an entire month. And so I will not finish the TV show. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. It's awesome. So I will be locked down until July 27th, all the way through the hot season. I was hoping to get the hell out of here before 4th of July, you know, and like Mm -hmm. spend the summer in Tacoma, Washington, unveiling, not unveiling, but like turning this into something a little bit more than what we usually do. Um, to involve a lot more people. So uh, for any of you that are new to Sunday service, I did go on Millennial Money with Graham Stephan, Andre Jick, and Jeremy the other day. And so we had a whole bunch of people come into uh, my YouTube channel and say, oh my gosh, cool, creative finance. This is dope. So maybe we got a couple of people from there. Uh, Maybe we've got people that have no clue that we're going to be doing a really cool challenge starting August 1st. That challenge, I'm thinking about naming it Follow the Leader. And um, we're going to be creating a board game that has a leaderboard of everybody that is accomplishing tasks on a daily basis. We're going to turn it into a game. I realize that one of the most important things that you can do is stack skill sets as you go. Mm -hmm. Cody, what skill sets are you currently working on right now? Oh, man. Um, I mean, really, I guess more so at the stage that we're at now, the skill set that I'm working on learning is, you know, elevating as elevating as an operator within the businesses that we have and like starting to establish like layers of leadership within the organizations that we have so that we can continue to scale and to continue to grow more businesses because you only have you know, initially when you have one business, it's like, you got to kind of be involved in everything. You kind of got to do everything. But as you start, you know, bringing on other individuals, you have to, you know, help their skill sets grow so that they can start to, you know, lead the, lead the charge without you being involved all the time or making decisions all the time. So that's a big part for me is the, uh, growing the leaders within the organizations that we have. That's a, that's a big one. I would say we are at the point in in a couple of our businesses that most companies never get to. It's the delegation and turning your managers into leaders. Yeah. And uh, will you check your mic just to make sure you're on your road, Mike? Just to just to make sure. Just double check. It sounds good, but it doesn't sound great. There's no echo. It doesn't sound horrible. I just want to make sure. Just double check because sometimes that does get kicked off for you. Hello. There it is. Money, money, money. A thousand times better. Um, it, it was a seven before. Now it's a 9.9. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So here's 
here's what we're talking about, guys, is um, we've got a 30-day challenge coming in August. That 30-day challenge is going to be live for everybody to watch. And what we are doing is we are going to be having myself, my wife, my kids pack up our stuff and move to Tacoma, Washington for probably about 35 days, a couple of days beforehand, a couple of days after. And we're going to be running a 30-day challenge, running and helping build a business for a lady named Robin Hurt. And uh, Robin Hurt, no offense to her, but she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, time, energy, years of her life trying to learn real estate seminars, books, mentorships, et cetera, just to essentially never, still to this day, has never touched a real estate tr transaction, whether it's you know bird dogging, transaction coordinating, uh, funding a deal, um, being the wholesaler, being the buyer, nothing. Literally has never touched a real estate deal. And so this challenge it could not be any per more perfect for people that are like, how do I get started in real estate? This how do I get started question will be answered so thoroughly on this upcoming challenge. We're calling it follow the leader. So as we always do, um, here is the link. You guys will see the link right there in the side chat. You guys need to register for this. Okay. What we're going to be doing, it's going to be free as all of our challenges are. And look, look at Lori. She says the same thing. She says, wow, she's in the same boat I'm in. Guys, if you're in that same boat, please make a comment in the side chat. All right. I'd like to see if you've never even touched a transaction. Now, Mark uh, Pocock um, another really great comment. Sounds like she has analysis paralysis. I would say 1000% that is correct. And so that's why we're calling this challenge the follow the leader challenge, because some people just have different personality types, right? I was sitting here listening to, um, what's his name? The, the very Dave Ramsey. I was listening to Dave Ramsey today for two hours. Really? Yeah, I, I, I watched his most recent seminar and he where he bashes a lot of like the no money down, no money this, and he bashes real estate. And I, you know, when I got into real estate, I had $6 million in real estate and I became a millionaire at 26 because my real estate had $5 million in debt, but I, you know, the real estate was worth $6 million. And then um, one day all my houses were getting foreclosed on and he's talking about all this stuff. And then when you do the research, and so he, he tells his story in a very distinct way to let people know real estate's not the way to go, but you should invest through my investment company and I will get you a 401k and I will put you in this prison that will essentially, he says, my average millionaire becomes a millionaire in 15 years. And that's the way to do it is through baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? There, this is actually really good advice for a specific personality type. You know, there's a specific personality type that nobody is going to come in, knock on their door, wake them up, pull them out of bed, tell them when to shower. All right, let's go out. Let's go call sellers. Hey, let's go out. Let's go get a contract. Okay, let's go out and let's make an offer. Nobody's going to be able to, there are personalities that need to follow a leader that literally they just tell them what to do, right? And say what you will about nine to five jobs, but nine to five jobs actually provide a lot of security. They provide mm -hmm. a lot of support and leadership for people who are like, yo, my parents didn't give me the entrepreneurial bug. 
And so I have to cultivate it in my life. And unfortunately, right now I got bills coming in every month. So a nine to five job actually is a good fit for me. And that's perfectly fine. So Dave Ramsey, instead of, I'm, I'm looking at the way he looks at this. He goes, instead of trying to change people's mindset to actually become multi, multi-millionaires, I'm going to convince them that in 15 years, becoming a millionaire is the right way to go. And I look at, I look at becoming a millionaire as an absolute waste of your time. If your goal is to become a two or three millionaire, like I'm going to retire with two or $3 million. If you retire with $3 million in 30 years from now, hypothetically, is kind of what his number is. $3 million 30 years from now will be worth about $1 million in today's money. What the F are you going to do with $1 million? Can you retire on $1 million, Cody? Could you? No. I mean, because you have to imagine, like, say if you're going to retire at 65 and you're going to live till 80 five ish like 20 years like you have a million dollars that you need to figure out how to make that last for you know 20 years that's fifty thousand dollars a year which is probably less than what you are making when you are working somewhere and your expenses are probably going to be higher when you're retired because medical bills i mean i don't like you know i feel bad saying it but it's like a lot of people that are get into their 60s or 70s have medical expenses and 50 grand a year. It's like, you're not going to be able to do much with that. Yeah. I mean, George has a really good point. He says I could retire with $1 million (laughs) if I knew I only had one more year to live. So think about this. Like if you go put a million dollars into something that yields uh, like a 12% return, hypothetically, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is actually really, really high. Yeah, that's great. Okay. That's really high. So Mm -hmm. I think if you go, okay, I got a million bucks. And I'm going to have a 12% return, right? Whatever I'm doing, I could be a hard money lender. Um, I could have a whole bunch of other things, like whatever. I, let's say I have a, a, something that is making me 12%, okay? Mm-hmm. If I make 120 grand, first and foremost, because that's what you're making, you're making 120 grand, that's $10,000 a month. I know that there's people in here right now that are shooting for $10,000 a month. They're like, I want to retire. I, I could literally quit my job at $10,000 a month. Guys, that's not living, okay? That is not living. $10,000 a month is not living. You can't, you're not living unless you are giving, okay? You're not living unless you're giving. And if you are making $10,000 a month, here's the challenge with that. Guess what you have? You have taxable income. So are you really bringing in $10,000 a month? No, you're probably bringing in somewhere about $7,300 a month as a retiree. And so if that's the goal, okay, if that is the goal is to retire with $7,300 and it takes you 20 years to get there, then by all means, Dave Ramsey is really great for you. Okay. And so I'm just listening to him and I go, I'm not, I'm like, you know what? His advice actually is really good for people that specifically want that path. And I talk a lot of crap about him but I have to remind myself that there's people that like chunky peanut butter and there's people that like creamy peanut butter. And I yeah. can't talk shit about it. There's people that like androids and people, I tease people about androids cause I think it's funny. Okay. Um, I'm telling you 
it's okay. Dave Ramsey's okay. I think a lot of his advice is really, really good, right? Pay off your debt, play it safe, all those types of things. But when you do the research on Dave Ramsey and you find out why his real estate holdings failed, Cody, do you know why he got all his $6 million of real estate foreclosed on? Because he had short-term debt that was had balloons on it and that he was, you get too many balloons going, You're it's, it's not smart. I mean, do Pace and I own real estate that we have balloons on some of our deals? Yes. But are they most of our holdings? Absolutely not. We have a very small amount of our holdings and it's over either 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And where Dave Ramsey, his situation was a lot different where all of his debt was bridge debt, where it was short term, the terms were going to change or there was going to be a balloon where he had to get it paid. And yes, of course, if all of that comes due, and at the same time, you're going to have financial problems. So I definitely um, definitely don't agree with, you know, there's a good amount of stuff from Dave I don't agree with. I actually, when I was 20, went through his financial peace university and did like the, you know, I did like literally the envelope system and a lot of the, the strategies starting off just to get thinking about money differently as far as like managing it instead of being a ding dong and spending everything that I was making and just, yeah. you know, doing that. So there is good stuff to it, but it's like, it's to help you kind of like hone in from being a complete idiot about money. And it's mm -hmm. like, Hey, here's at least some sort of strategy for people that have zero financial education. Like I was. And then once you go through that, it's like, you kind of have to graduate from Dave Ramsey if you want to build true wealth, but it's, it's like, a, it's like the foundation, I guess, or some building. That's, a, that's a really good way to say, I see um, people DM me and they go, I'm a recovering Dave Ramsey, um, you know, whatever. And I'm like, it's, it's not recovery. It's just, you're transitioning to the next level. Right. And a lot of people should listen to Dave Ramsey their whole life. Right. They have no risk tolerance whatsoever. And if you guys look at Dave Ramsey as well, like Michelle has a really great answer here. A couple of things about Dave Ramsey that he doesn't tell in his stories is when he got foreclosed and he called himself a dummy for no money down. By the way, he bought all of his real estate with no money down. And then ironically in the same speech talks crap about no money down that it doesn't exist. He went and accumulated $6 million in real estate with no money down by reading Robert G. Allen's no money down book. Okay. That's how Dave Ramsey got his start. So he goes and buys $6 million of real estate, becomes a millionaire at age 26. Then all of a sudden his real estate holdings get foreclosed on because he didn't pay attention to Dave Rant or to uh, Robert Jalen's book, which was buy properties on seller finance. What, um, what Dave Ramsey did is he went out and got hard money loans and variable rate interest um, loans with balloons. He got literally the worst debt you <laughs> can ever loan you can get. <laughs> the worst loans you can get that don't even really even exist today. But he still tells the story as if that is what's out there today, right? The industry has changed so dramatically. And so his advice is really, it's really hard for me to listen to him bashing it. But then when you realize where Dave Ramsey makes all of his wealth, where does he make his wealth, right? Because people like Michelle says, but he has a crap load of real estate now. He purchased it after the crash. Michelle, let's do the math, okay? Where does he buy his real estate from? And how does he buy his real estate? Is it comes from him selling his audience on 401k packages at thirty to $60,000 setup fees. He is worth $200 million from his company of keeping people in this very small-minded track 
And then he takes his cash, which he earns off of the backs of these people that he professes don't pay for anything crazy, don't get into debt, but he's charging thirty to $60,000 for these retirement packages that he advises people on. And he then invests his money into real estate with cash. Okay, well, that's a really challenging path for other people to follow. Um, all right, you guys want to be wealthy like Dave Ramsey? Let me teach you what to do. Go start a, a radio syndicate and a brand <laughs> and get people to invest in 401ks, which is one of the worst vehicles for actual true wealth. But it's really good for people to retire with a million or $2 million. And let's get them into this track and bash everybody else so I can squeeze people into a thirty dollars to $60,000 package. Meanwhile, talking crap about everybody else as a thirty dollars to $60,000 package. And then I will become worth $200 million and invest my money into real estate. That's not, a, a, his audience cannot follow that same path, right? And so I love Dave Ramsey's advice. I think Cody's spot on is that he has really great advice for people that don't go out and buy the Fendi's. I don't even know. Is that, am I saying that right? Is it Fenty or Fendi? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Fendi, like all the, all the designer stuff. That's what I did when I was like 18. I started making good money and, you know, had a bunch of Louis Vuitton shoes and belts and, you know, all the, all the things. And yeah, so it's great advice. It's really, really great advice. And at the end of the day, guys, we all are trying to follow some sort of leader. Okay. We're all trying to follow some sort of leader. And I was listening to Dave Ramsey just to hear his advice. And I'm like, overall, I can see why his audience absolutely adores him and loves him is because he has really great advice for a very specific phase of your life. Get out of debt, okay? Get out of debt and go invest into other things. I love it. It's great. But for him to tell people that $2 million or even $3 million is enough money to retire on, it is absolutely impossible for you to retire, especially in 30 years with inflation. You will not retire with one or $2 million in your bank account. You won't. You'll live off the government for the rest of your life. Okay. Um, JW Smith says, do what I say and not do what I do say it says Dave. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and there's certain things that we do, right? Like I don't, I don't advise you guys to go out and build a brand so you can go buy real estate. But the reality is we closed four deals this week that came from our brand, people knowing who we are, right? And I'll tell you to go do that, but most people won't. That's not a strategy for most people. Most people don't like being in front of camera. They don't like the work that's involved. It costs a lot of time, energy, money, and a whole team to build a brand. Most people are not going to follow that strategy. So Cody and I don't teach that. But we're very transparent is, hey, we bought four deals this week that came from people knowing who we are and what we do, right? Um, that's not a strategy we teach on YouTube. Like, hey, you want to get your first rental? Build a brand for seven years, get thousands of followers, <laughs> and then you'll get your first rental. That's not a good strategy. It's a horrible <laughs> strategy, okay? So um, I love Dave Ramsey. I just think that there, he's ver for a very specific person in a very specific phase of their life. So what I want to do is in on August 1st, now we've got nearly 500 people here watching. Um, August 1st, we are going to be starting the Follow the Leader Challenge. Okay, the Follow the Leader Challenge is where my wife, my children, and myself are moving from Phoenix, Arizona. We are physically moving to Robin Hertz location, which is Tacoma, Washington. And we will be spending 30 days helping her build her business. And we will be live streaming that all day, every day. 
Um, what we're going to be doing a little bit different with this challenge are a handful of things. So please pay attention. If you guys want to participate in this stuff, I want to change, I'm going to change this up. Okay. This is a free challenge. Um, we're going to be creating a, um, a, a game board that earns you daily points. Okay. The game board is going to basically do stuff like I'll throw a couple of examples out. Um, did you speak to a real estate agent today? Did you speak to a wholesaler today? Did you speak to a title company today? Did you speak to whatever? And essentially what we're going to be doing is instead of going out and looking for deals, uh, okay, instead of us looking for deals, we're going to be hunting for points. We're going to make it fun. Like, let's go make points. Let's go make points. Let's go check the box and let's go get points today. And essentially it's going to be a game that we're going to play all together. And we're going to have a leaderboard. All right. And a couple of cool things. The first leaderboard that we're going to do be, be um, amidst all of this is we're going to ask you guys to help us get the word out about this challenge, okay? The follow the leader challenge. Name might change. I'm, I'm playing around with it right now. And um, essentially, what we want, there's the link in the side chat, you guys. It says Shorb. It's a really weird link. That is from us. It's not some scammer, even though it does look like a scam link. It's not. Okay. What we want is we want 30 people to come out and spend one day with me and Robin during the 30 day challenge. I want 30 different people doing that. So the people who help us um, spread the word, the 30 top people, we're going to have a leaderboard. The 30 top people that um, promote and invite the most people to come and watch this free live stream, we're going to have you guys come out and spend a day with us in the office, in the field, live streaming, et cetera. So need 30 people that are going to help us push this and get this out into Facebook groups and, um, you know, your guys' other mentorships you guys are in and DMs and all that kind of stuff. We're really going to bring out 30 people. So our goal, typically when we do these challenges, we'll get anywhere between six to 7,000 people to register for it. We're not trying to go much larger than that. It is a free thing. Um, we're going to have you guys help us try and get to 10,000 people registered for this. Okay. I think we can do that. We've got two months. Okay. So we're going to hear us talking about it quite a bit. I'm going to talk about it on wholesale hotline. I'm going to talk about it on Sunday service. I'm going to talk about it on YouTube, Instagram, et cetera. And here's what we're going to do. Monday through Friday during the week, I'm going to be doing something really cool. So we'll start the morning. Robin and I will start the morning August 1st in an office with a live stream, probably about six or seven cameras. I'm hiring a production assistant, kind of like a TV person that's going to run a switchboard and do all this kind of stuff. And we're going to show you guys how to set up your business. We're going to show you guys, here's how we're going to gamify this. And then we're going to have a couple of people on the team tracking everybody else's points and we're going to have a daily leaderboard that we're running. Should be fun. What we'll do is we'll be in the office from 9 to noon. Three hours in the office, okay? Making calls, setting up appointments, doing those types of things. And then what we're going to do is we're going to break for lunch and do an hour of Q&A live while we're eating lunch, okay? Um, so if there's people in Tacoma or Seattle or people want to fly out, we're, gonna, we're okay with a live audience. And what we're going to do is then after lunch, so one o'clock to let's say five o'clock, we're going to go out into the field. We're going to go visit properties, go on seller appointments, drive for deals, go talk to title companies, go meet with wholesalers, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to have people live stream it from their phones, follow us around. Okay. Brian Catalan says, if it was only in LA, the cool thing is you guys will be able to watch this 
um, live. Okay, you guys will be able to stream this live. So please do me a favor, guys. Um, we've got 400 and some odd people in here, nearly 500 people. Do me a favor, register for that and take that link. And whenever I'm in Sunday service, whenever I'm in Wholesale Hotline, whenever I'm in another podcast, do me a favor and help us spread the word. Okay, that link is the link for the challenge. Okay. Um, now, what we're then going to do is on Saturdays, um, I will be doing a full day at the office, wherever that office is going to be. We're going to try and find a warehouse. And where anybody that wants to come in, open season. Okay. Anybody wants to fly, you guys want to fly in, you want to be there, whatever. We will be doing a full whiteboard session that day, get a taco truck, get food, do all the things, you know, maybe 20, 30 people will show up. Maybe it'll be like when Cody and I used to do those whiteboard sessions in our Mesa office, 200 people would show up in our parking lot. Um, we're going to try and make it reminiscent of what it used to be like. And um, Kelly also during the week, Kelly is going to have me speak at four different RIAs during the four weeks. So I will be a guest speaker there and doing those types of things. So we're going to have a lot of fun in the Seattle and Tacoma, Washington area. Okay. Who does this? Like, does anybody have one person they could say that does something like Pace is doing? Like what expert millionaire uproots their life, their family's lives to go help somebody else become successful in their real estate investing journey? Like, and nobody like no but nobody's out there doing this stuff man like i know that you really enjoy it and it like fills up your heart helping people and doing this type of stuff but like it's it's incredible man like i and i know it's just how you operate but it's like you know it's really truly you know this is a blessing for for robin and then everyone that's going to be a part of it so i think uh, a lot of it why i was calling it follow the leaders that a lot of us are monkey see monkey do, right? Like when you went and got your first deal, when you got into real estate, Frank was really handholding you through the process. And it's like, you really just need somebody to a certain degree to handhold you. A lot of education, a lot of the campfire is tremendous. Having a community is, I feel like most people's missing link. But even then, if your community doesn't have local geographical, physical help and accountability, you will in the long term fail. And so what I'm trying to do is show people how to do this instead of just telling people how to do this. And I, one day, my goal, my hope is in 10 years, when somebody says, how do I get started in real estate? Everybody's answer is Pace Morby. They don't even say, go look up Pace Morby. They go, Pace Morby, just free. That's the answer. The answer is how do I get started in real estate? Pace Morby. Well, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Just Pace Morby. That's it. That, that, that's, the, that's the answer, right? Because what I'm trying to do right now inside of the sub two community is uh, delineate avatars, right? So I have currently have 20 different avatars that um, hunker down on certain personality types in order to touch a real estate transaction. Because everybody thinks about the first personality type, they go, well, you got to be a closer. You got to be somebody good on the phone. You got to be a negotiator. You got to be this. You got to. It's like, dude, some people's personality right? Like they're never going to be good on the phone. It's just not who they are. And instead of you trying to bully people into just figuring it out by just cold calling the rest of your life, 
Some people should be a transaction coordinator and make a quarter million dollars a year and invest in real estate deals. Or because you're the transaction coordinator, you actually get to touch all the deals that come in your local area. You get to pick and choose what deals you want because you're the one helping with the paperwork. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that person, when somebody comes to me, like we've got a whole bunch of people like Heather Witzig and Wendy and a bunch of people in here that will say, I'm also a transaction coordinator. I started adding a two hour training every Saturday morning to teach people how to become a transaction coordinator every Saturday for the next year. 52 trainings, a hundred hours of, wow. yeah. And we're on our fourth one right now. People are like, my life has changed. We had a girl came in last night, Ashley and her husband, she was like, I now know how as a wife, I can get involved in my husband's business, right? Mm -hmm. And so what was the answer a year ago or two years ago? If you go to another mentorship, they're like, cold call, text, cold call, text. It's like, dude, that's not a good <laughs> fit for everybody's personality type, Yeah, <laughs> right? And so you look at this, like Joel says, this community pushed me, right? And Real estate becomes fun after having a community behind you, right? So that really is the goal. The goal is how do we create a unique experience that nobody else has ever accomplished? And at some point, we'll come up with another challenge, okay? What I want, okay, this is what I'm thinking we do, is through this challenge, whoever is the ultimate leader, whoever gets the most points alongside Robin and I, is the next winner of the next challenge. And I will then take my wife, my kids, and myself the following summer to their local town. So I want to keep this thing going for a couple of years. And I want to wow. cater a I want to cater a business specific to that person. So instead of going, all right, Robin, get on the phone and start cold calling because this <laughs> is what you got to do. I'm going to have her take a um, personality test. And we're going to break that down on day one and have everybody else take a personality test. And we're going to come up with everybody's avatars and go, okay, this is your avatar, Robin. Let's go build a business around this because after 30 days, guess what happens? Pace won't be there anymore. And so if I, if I tell her cold call, cold call, cold call, and I just make her sweat and stress every single day during the challenge, she will, after 30 days, she'll fail, right? This is a really good point. Look, Melissa Smith says, Laura is a saint. What other wife would be okay with like, oh yeah, my kids have, my kids have summer school. They have camp. They have swimming lessons, dance lessons. We have a house that we love. I've got a brand new baby that's less than four months old and paces uprooting our entire life. And I didn't, my wife, first off, I never asked my wife because I'm the man of my house. I will, I, I do what I want to do. And my wife, I'm the leader of my house. And if that upsets you and you don't like that, I'm sorry, but I have a very traditional relationship. My wife says, I'm, uh, you're my leader. I'm going to follow the leader and I'm going to support in every possible way I can. And that works really well for our relationship. It doesn't mean that it has to be the man being the leader. I see a lot of women in other relationships. They're the leader. It's just in my life. I go, sweetheart, this is what we're doing. I don't know what month we're going to do. And my wife goes, all right, how can I help? That literally didn't even question doing this. And then she goes, where are we going? She's like, please tell me we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no, I have no choice in the matter. What we were really hoping for, um, no offense to Robin, but we definitely were not hoping for Tacoma, Washington. Um, we were hoping for like, um, what's that 
town in North Carolina, Asheville, I think it's, it is, it's up in the mountain, the smoky mountains. It's like where the Biltmore estate is. It's like 150,000 square foot house. Yeah. Um, and I was like anywhere, but North Dakota, <laughs> anywhere, but North Dakota. And I feel like, um, here's what or I like anywhere about, where it's humid, right? Tacoma. I'm very lucky because I think the average, uh, temperature is like 78 degrees at this time of the year. So it's perfect. But the thing I like about Tacoma, tell me, Cody, if you're brand new and you're trying to jump into real estate and you're just comparing it of like area wise, what would you like to see in terms of like, I, we had a lot of people criticize us for zero to hero, like Charlotte, North Carolina was too easy. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, do you think Tacoma is more challenging? I definitely think it's going to be more challenging. I don't, I don't know the area that well, but I, from what I know about Washington, is it is a little bit higher price of a market. Um, but anywhere where the challenge is going to be, I would definitely say you want to be in a market where there's at least like 250,000 people in the town or more. So like the demographics of there being enough people that actually want to live there and it's, you know, a growing area um, definitely, you know, would make the challenge at least reasonable or better to, to be able to accomplish it. Um, but, Really, I mean, you could do, I mean, obviously you could invest in real estate anywhere in the U.S., but, you know, when when we're talking to investors, we're always suggesting like, hey, you should probably be looking at towns that are minimum 250K population or more. So there's enough deals to actually do. Like I have some friends that are from a small town and they have 12,000 people that live in their town. And they're like, what do you think about us investing here? And I'm like, that's a great idea if you want to do like a couple deals a year. But like, there's just not enough people there to, to that are moving in, moving out, houses being built. There's just not enough going on. So you want to be in areas where there's activity for you to get a piece of. And then also the other challenge with the Tacoma market is that it politically, no offense to you in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, New Jersey, but your guys' polit politics are horrible for being a landlord. Yeah. It's not that you can't be successful in those states. It's just you're really putting a damper on your success because the politicians don't like you, right? Um, so there's way better states to hold property. And so there's a challenge there is like, what do I do for Robin? There's a couple of things that I fight in my mind of, well, should I go and get Robin, a couple of Airbnbs on seller finance really quick, get those funded, raise the money for her, show everybody how to do that so that when I leave, she's got two, two to $4,000 a month of net cash flow coming in. And now she's basically set for life. Or do I go, let's go full on wholesale so she can get chunks of money. You know, it depends on what really she needs in her business and how that caters to her personality style. So if it's holding properties in, Tacoma, that's another challenge that I think other, a, a lot of people would like to over, you know, they'd like to see us overcome. Uh, Lewis says, should I move out of North? Yes. Answer is yes. <laughs> These are beautiful states, guys. Jamil yes. and I travel all over. I love going to New York. I love Jersey. I feel like we've got a really big community in Jersey and New York. It was amazing seeing everybody out there. But wholesale wise and fix and flip wise, perfectly fine. But when you want to start holding property and build real wealth, um, Angie, I would love to do Colorado. My wife and I really wanted to do Colorado. Colorado's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I'm actually going to be in Colorado on the 9th of June. So if you guys, I'm actually going to a fix and flip that we sponsored. So we 
actually um, fulfilled the loan obligations for somebody else who was fixing and flipping it. They got turned down. Um, by the way, if you guys if you guys are um, looking for fix and flip loans and burr loans, long term you know rental loans, myinvestorloan.com is who we are using. What I love about myinvestorloan.com right now is that they are letting us know who is getting rejected. Okay, when you guys give them permission. And you guys can then utilize us as a sponsor to then get your loan approved. So, you know, they get hundreds and hundreds of submissions. And a lot of times if you're brand new or, you know, you basically killed a squirrel two weeks ago and they saw it on your public record, I don't know, you get, you get <laughs> dinged and you can't get a loan. So if you guys need a fix and flip loan, we, we sponsored a fix and flip loan last week. We sponsored a burr loan. And we sponsored a long-term short, uh, long-term uh, Airbnb loan. So, if you guys are looking to get your loan sponsored, please email Molly at AmericaHomeOffers.com, and we will get you guys approved by utilizing our credentials, our liquidity. Liquidity means capital, cash, like in the bank, and our PL. Okay, Debbie Camacho Fr Franco. Oh my gosh, good to see you, Debbie. Um, she sent me a, a voice memo the other day. I have not seen her in a long time. She is amazing. She used to do a lot of stuff for, what was that show um, in Texas? Ryan Harper used to run it. Propelio. Propelio. To, yeah, there you go. Uh, CG Benali says, what's Molly's email again? It's molly at americahomeoffers.com. Um, we sponsored, we actually have 15 deals in the pipeline right now to sponsor. Um, and partner with people. So please give us that opportunity. We'd love to help you guys out. Okay. Um, Peter says, can you guys please put the link for the August gig yet? Or please tried the link a few times and it didn't work. Um, no problem. There's the link. It's in the side chat. Copy and paste it. All right. Copy and paste it. Peggy Stevens says she's registered. Who's registered? Who has not registered? We've got 500 people in here right now. Who has not registered? By the way, Carolina Allen up there in the Northwest. I'm going to be hanging out with you for quite a bit. Um, Christian Hernandez, I don't know what you mean by that. What do you think you will do? I think he's referencing earlier in the show of like, what kind of business do you think I should run? Because Cody, what did we do in Zero to Hero season one? What was the kind of business model we built? Direct to seller. Doing what? Uh, cold calling using startvirtual.com to hire virtual assistants to do cold calling for us to generate those leads and then to also do text message marketing. Um, so we went direct to seller in that uh, season one series. So, um, so somebody just asked, um, register for what? I, I love this. Um, we've only been talking about it literally for 40 minutes straight, but Jake, this gives me an opportunity to tell you what we're talking about. So as we've been talking about for probably two years, we're finally doing a challenge that I've envisioned and we're going to screw it all up and we're going to perfect this challenge over several years. But this will be the first year that we do it. The challenge is my wife, myself, my children uproot our entire lives, move from Phoenix, Arizona and fly out and live in Tacoma, Washington. Why Tacoma, Washington? because Robin Hurt won the sweepstakes that we did, cost no money to enter. And Robin Hurt won that, and she lives in Tacoma, Washington. So we're going to go live and partner with Robin Hurt for 30 days and then let you guys watch and live stream 
we're going to be doing a game board, a game challenge. So it's going to be called follow the leader is the, basically the game we're playing. Um, we're creating our own game board. We are spending considerable money with like assets and not assets. Sorry, that's the wrong word. It's the right word, but it's going to confuse people. Uh, design elements and the the game board and all sorts of fun things to keep everybody um, involved instead of just saying, all right, guys, let's cold call. We're going to have, all right, you want to earn 30 points today or whatever the the structure is. And all day long, we're just going to be checking off boxes to earn points, right? Like, ba-bing, ba-bing, ba-bing. So Lupita says, Hasbro. And I've actually consulted with somebody from Hasbro. We've spent $10,000 to get a, con a, con a consulting fee of like how to build the game board properly. So we're really, really putting this together to make sure that this is produced properly um, in the mornings for that 30-day challenge, August 1st to September 1st. The mornings will be an hour of like just warming up, probably eight to nine. And then nine o'clock we start. Um, and then we do the work from nine to noon. So three hours. We take a lunch break. Um, that lunch break will be Q&A. And you'll be basically live streaming us eating sandwiches. And then from 12 to one, that's lunch. At one o'clock, we take the live stream out in the field and you see us actually go on appointments, go visit projects, go talk to hard money lenders, go raise money, go talk to attorneys, go do the things, whatever it is that needs to be done that day. You guys will have access to our calendar and our appointments so you guys can track our progress and see what I'm doing and why I'm doing it every single day. That is the challenge, okay? Um, so everybody will have the ability to follow along. This is why we're calling it follow the leader. Now, um, Brutus Empire says, when is Gator Lending training beginning? Brutus, you are about a month late on that, brother. We have been doing Gator Lending every Sunday morning. Today, we did three hours of it in a private group. Um, so you've been missing out on those. Those are recorded. So if you're trying to get into Gator Lending, you still can. It's just that you are a month behind. You got to catch up. Um, so we are trying to get you guys to help us promote this. It's a free live stream. Our goal is... Uh, 10,000 people. We typically get about six to 7,000 people register for these events. So if you guys could take that link and help spread the word, that would be amazing. What we're going to be doing is we are going to ask people as they register, how did you hear about us? And as they hear about us and they say, oh, I got the link from Peggy Stevens or um, Peggy Stevens says, if you need staff, I'll volunteer. I probably will because my Airbnb is going to be 14 grand. My, my, um, PA or my production assistant is going to be seven grand. The building's going to be seven grand. A whole bunch of other things are going to be another 10 grand. It's probably going to cost 50 grand to run this challenge. So um, I need a private lender. It's what I need. I need a private lender, 50,000 bucks. I'll pay you back out of proceeds from the, from the business. Just kidding. We'll, we'll pay for the money out of our pocket. Um, we will, we just want to change the world guys. We want to change the, the conversation behind how do I get started in real estate? And the answer is, how do you get started in real estate? Pace Morby. Wait, what do you mean? What, what is supposed to pay? Just, no, just Pace Morby. That's it. That's the answer. Just how do I get started in real estate? Pace Morby. It's going to take us years and years and years to actually accomplish that. And we're willing to put in the work to change the game. Okay. Um, Peter says, I'll volunteer at the event in Tacoma just to lighten the load. I don't know that I need any volunteers unless you guys are willing to. Um, yeah, I don't think I need volunteers. I don't, what I don't want to do is I, I've had a lot of people DM me and go, Hey, can I just shadow you and Robin for the 30 days? And I'm like, if you were Robin, how would you feel about that? Cody, 
you won an award, you won this cool thing with me. And all of a sudden you've got all these other people that are like asking pace questions when you really want that 30 days to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Definitely wouldn't get that full, like one-on-one experience. And then, you know, there could be things that Robin could feel too nervous or embarrassed to potentially ask. Cause you know, as new, as people are working through challenges, they sometimes don't want to admit, Hey, I'm having trouble with this in front of 10 other people when they really just need that one-on-one, like, Hey, I'm having trouble with this and being able to get that, you know, uh, get that personal attention. So. Yeah. And I I think also, um, we're going to give so much attention to people um, on the weekend. So guys, we're going to be doing weekend parties on Saturdays. And then Sunday is going to be the only day that I won't be working. Um, I'll probably be doing a Q and a just for my sub two students. So, um, I don't neglect the community at all. Um, I know that I'll be doing a tremendous amount of content for them, but just in case they have deals or they have problems, um, Sunday morning, I'll be doing Q and A's with them. And then the rest of the day I'll spend my, the day with my, my wife and my kids exploring Tacoma and, counting the homeless people. Um, Janet says, what do you say to the title company when trying to buy subject two? So Janet, first and foremost, don't try and educate a title company on subject two. You need to find a title company that already is educated on subject two, and they don't need you to tell them anything. There is, there are dozens and dozens in every single state. Okay. Um, Pace, if we're, wa- if we're wanting to purchase a car sub two, where can we go find a motivated auto seller? So here's how I got my Kia. Okay. Um, Eric Ballman, who is our photographer and uh, videographer came to my house one day and said, so you talk a lot about buying a car subject to, and that's possible. Have you ever done it? And I go, yeah, I bought it, you know, through probate deals and whatever else. And he's like, have you ever just bought one like from a regular person? I go, no, but let's do it. So we literally went to Craigslist. He filmed me calling people on Craigslist. I don't know what happened with this video. I'm sure it'll hit YouTube at some point. But I just cold called people on Craigslist and they're like, one, one person was like, are you crazy? Click. No, um, I don't know what you're doing. Click. What do you want? Click. No. Click. I need it paid off. Click. And then I ended up, I think like on the 12th or 13th call, I get a hold of a guy who was going through health issues and couldn't afford his car payments. He had no equity in the Kia. And so I said, I'll just take over your payments. And it's as easy as that. I make a payment on his um it's an ally financial auto loan that I make a payment on. It's a 2021 Kia. It's absolutely amazing. The reason why I have the car and I never drive it, but everybody that stays in my guest house, they come and drive the Kia people like uncle Lonzo. Everybody knows uncle Lonzo. He stayed at my house for like four or five days. And when people stay at my house, they don't have to go rent a car. It saves them six, $700. So it's worth it. And that car just sits in the, in the guest garage and is ready for people's use. So it was valuable for me not having to go out and get another loan. And um, that's where I found him was on Craigslist. Just made a, a whole bunch of calls. Oh, do, do you ever do deals in Canada? So this is challenging. I get this question all the time. Cody, do we ever do deals in North Dakota, Tucson, Alaska? No, no. Is, is no. it because those areas suck? No. <laughs> or is it just that we're just two human beings trying to figure out how to focus on the areas we really like? Two human beings focusing on the areas that we want to be in. Yeah, it has nothing to do with us liking it, not liking it. But like, think about this. I get people that DM us all the time too. Like, hey, have you ever thought about investing in the such and such area or Brazil or whatever? There's a lot of really cool things going. I'm like, yeah, it would be amazing if I was a trillionaire and I could spread my money everywhere, but we're not. So we have to focus 
on areas that we know and areas that we already have clusters of properties. Okay. And I don't have any properties in Canada and I don't have, do you know what the, what do they call a dollar in Canada, Cody? Honestly, I don't even know. It's a, it's called a loony. Okay. A loony. It's called a loony. What is a two, what's $2 in Canada? I don't, two, I don't know. A toonie. A toonie. Oh. A loony and a toonie. Okay. Loony I am not buying any real estate where they call money loonies and toonies. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Canada is absolutely amazing. It's just that we have enough places to buy stuff. Okay. Um, here's a great question for everybody. Okay. So any students from Kentucky, there is a sub two student, a zero to hero student or a flip me student in literally every zip code in the United States. The answer is yes. 100%. Where do we find these people? Where do we find these students? Okay. We find these students in the creative finance with Pace Morby Facebook group. So if you guys are not in that Facebook group, this is maybe why you're challenged of not finding people to help you in your local geographical area. So I would go focus on that. All right. Um, uh, Looney Tune leaders. Yeah, there you go. Um, Christian Hernandez, uh, good to see you doing deals with a lot of people. I really like watching that. Pace, how do you get people that never heard of Sub2 understand the process and trust you would make the payment? Um, that's a great question. Go to my YouTube channel and watch me do that on my seller calls. Go to the seller calls playlist and you'll see how I overcome that. Um, I will keep that very basic tonight just to not go into it too much. Um, ooh, I see, this is the thing. Like I heard Canada put a moratorium on foreign buyers. I have no idea. Uh, that's the thing is like, we have enough places to focus on. So we don't even mess around with that. Do I need to get a real estate lawyer to do a sub two deal or can I just go through a title company, Cody? Title company or attorney in the state if you're an attorney state, but you don't need to get a lawyer to do it. What's an attorney state? What, where can I find an attorney state? Do you know any off the top of your head? Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I mean, Texas is one. Yep. Um, okay. North Carolina, I believe is North Carolina well. is a Texas or is attorney state, uh, New Jersey, New York, uh, attorney state. So you do have to go through a real estate attorney. Um, they're closing attorneys is what they're called, not mm -hmm. real estate lawyers. Um, it is a little bit different. One real estate lawyer gives you advice on real estate. A closing attorney is a is basically a title company with an attorney that works inside of it that just verifies the transactions. Um, and so either one, it depends on the state you're in. Arizona, we're not an attorney state. So we go through uh, an escrow, we actually go through an escrow company, not a closing attorney. Um, everybody technically goes through a title company because you're getting title insurance on every single transaction. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Um, do you have to have your business credit started to be able to get a sub two? Um, no, absolutely not. We, you, you could have a 200 credit score, no money in the bank, filed bankruptcy yesterday, a divorce two weeks ago, foreclosure on 17,000 other properties and still buy a subject to tomorrow. You literally need nothing to buy a house subject to. You need nothing, 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 nothing. Okay. Um, I heard attorneys are deal killers in New York City. Yeah, attorneys can be deal killers if they are not. Guys, we're professionals in here, right? Anytime I'm opening up escrow with an attorney in New York, I'm always framing the conversation beforehand. 
what I see happens in New York and New Jersey is actually the attorneys are trying to steal the deal from you. They're worse than wholesalers in those specific states. Okay. Um, ooh, Justin um, says, I have a relationship. Cody, let's, talk, let's get you to answer this one. You're more real estate centric than I am. I have a relationship with a realtor who's not very deal savvy. How can I leverage this more to my advantage? I have an answer uh, for this. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the thing you want to look at when you're working with real estate agents, especially if they're not super deal savvy, is getting them to think about what? their commission, because that's what real estate agents are thinking about. They're thinking, how do I get paid? How am I being compensated? So what you can do when you're having a conversation with them is, you know, literally telling them that they can get paid multiple times by bringing you one deal. For example, that was something that, um, I used to tell agents is like, Hey, like I can get you paid up to four times on one transaction. And just to at least be able to have an opportunity to explain what I could do, and how can they get paid four times on one transaction? Say if I'm going to fix and flip that property, they bring me the deal, they get paid the seller's commission, they can get a paid a reduced buyer's commission from me being the buyer. So that's two commissions right there. Then they could throw an, throw their sign in the front yard while the property is being renovated, potentially find the buyer for that property, pre-market it before it's done, find the buyer, which would be a third commission, and then list it on the back end, which would be a fourth commission. So they can get paid multiple times on one deal. Um, so that's obviously if you're going to fix and flip it. If you're not going to fix and flip it, you'd want to say something a little bit differently. Um, but really just showing them like how they can make more money and easier than other options. Because that's what agents are looking for. How can I, you know, yes, do a good job for my seller, get the, the property sold. But how am I getting paid and how am I making this easy? So I'm not going through an inspection and appraisals and, you know, renegotiating 10 times and dealing with the crazy buyer. Those are like the value adds that you have that you can bring to that realtor and help them understand what a deal is. Because if they're not deal savvy, you have to show them what a deal is so that they can understand when they should actually bring something to you and when they shouldn't bring something to you. Right. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to do a couple of things. We got 30 more minutes in here. I'm going to give you guys the link to sign up for the, um, follow the leader challenge in August. It will be truly the most powerful real estate challenge ever done. And we're going to do it big time. We're going to do a big, big, big time. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going to do. We are going to invite some of you guys onto the stage during, uh, Sunday service right now. I am copying the link for you to get into the backstage. Do not come backstage in if you don't have a question. I'm going to put the link in the side chat and people inevitably click the link and they go, oh, I'll just watch the, I'll, I'll listen to it be, behind the stage. And then I'll bring them on, I'm up on stage and I go, hey, do you have a question? I go, no, I just wanted to listen to the podcast. Guys, just listen to the podcast on the YouTube channel. If you don't have a question, just stay where you're at because you can hang out in the side chat. I'm going to give you the link if you have a question, like for example, okay? There's a couple of really good questions I'd like to chat with people about. Um, for example, um, Chad Carroll has a great question. How do you explain sub two to a broker to help them understand to close a sub two deal? Chad Carroll, send them to my YouTube channel. What is subject two? How to do a subject two deal? Send them to my YouTube channel. There's a video that explains it, okay? Um, you're perfectly okay sharing. I'm not trying to sell mentorships on YouTube. We're not trying to sell anything. Jasper, Jasper, I'm sure you have a question because you're a very smart guy. How you doing, brother? Oh, hey. Hey, Base. 
Thanks for having me. Um, so I actually have a foreclosure lead that I'm currently working on. Okay. And I just wanted to know, like, what are some next steps? Because this is like my first time dealing with a foreclosure lead. Mm. Yeah. So um, when are they getting foreclosed on? I believe it was June 14th. Okay. So June 14th, this is great. That means they have 15 days. You need to be calling mm -hmm. them every single day. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is go time. Sometimes two, three times a day, every single day, sometimes two to three days or three, two to three times a day until you can move the ball forward. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are they waiting for and why have you not signed with them yet? So, um, they've been like, after our first two calls, they've been kind of ghosting me, but they did respond to some of my texts. Okay. Why Jasper, why are they, um, why are they ghosting you? Do you know why? I don't know why. I mean, I'm going to give you the answer. 100% the answer. Okay. It's mm -hmm. 100. There's no other answer. Okay. They are talking to other investors and weighing their options behind the scenes. Cody, am I wrong on that? 100% accurate every time. Even if they're like, we're only talking to you. That's like the, the girl that you're trying to talk to in high school. That's like, you're the only one. They're lying. Well, in my, in my case, it, that was true. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that wasn't it. Um, so yeah. So you have to understand that they're talking to other investors. And so Jasper, here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, one of the most important parts of um, negotiating in general mm -hmm. is knowing what the black swan is. Okay. The black yeah. swan is the unknown enemy. Okay. That's you have, the, uh, you have unknown enemies right now, right? You have mm -hmm. other people on the other side of this battle and you don't even know who they are. So the faster you can flush them out and actually talk to the seller as if you guys are on the same team of like, well, let me know what these other offers are. Let me look at the contracts and let me make sure they're legit. Um, and you need to start throwing out things that are competitive advantages for yourself. For example, this is what we do. When I know there's other people involved, I go, look, um, I'll let you share my contract with the other people. Why don't you share the contract with me? I'll make sure that these guys are legit. And Jasper, this is going to be scary. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. You need to tell the seller, Hey, I'm willing to give you, um, is this a cash deal? Do you already, have you guys already worked out a price? No. So, um, she, they were trying to get, they were kind of getting, being difficult with giving me their like bank statement. They just gave me like a broad number saying, you know, 61,000 is left owed on it and they're 30,000 in arrears. And what, what city is this in? This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Got it. So, um, and what's the ARV on it? The ARV on it, I believe it's like 105. Okay. So it's a skinny deal. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's what I would do on this deal. I would do um, a loan modification after the contract is signed. Okay, so step number one, you need to get a contract signed and you need to do a loan modification. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I would work with one of the sub two students to do a loan modification. That's another thing that we teach our students. I'm telling you guys, if you are not in sub two, I'm, I'm at a point now where I don't push sub two, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, why are people not in sub two? Like we teach transaction coordination. We teach um, loan modifications. We teach like everybody else is going out and learning how to wholesale. Guys, you can learn how to wholesale on YouTube. Okay. You need to learn real skills. You need to learn things that will actually solve these sellers problems. And right now you have a seller in foreclosure, a wholesale trans, a wholesale deal is not going to solve the seller's problem. This is not a wholesale deal and it's not a fix and flip. Okay. This is 100% a loan modification. Uh, here, step one, get them into a contract. Okay. And there's some 
advice I have leading up to that. But step one, get them into a contract. After that you're in contract, then go and do a loan modification and get that $30,000 in arrears put onto the back of the mortgage, take over the house subject to give them a little bit of cash to get out of the property. So that's a good thing. So they're already out of the property. They live Perfect. in a trailer. So I'll buy, I'll buy the deal. Shit. Yeah. I can send it to you. I don't, don't send it to me until you got under contract dog. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. If you, if you send it to me and I get under contract, guess who's making all the money? You. Right. And I'll pay you like a $500 fee. You don't want that. Do you? No. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta be the badass and you gotta go get the house under contract. Do you mind if I ask another question by any chance? Jasper, by the time you asked for permission, you could have already asked the question. Okay, perfect. I didn't I didn't want to take away time from anyone else. So, you're too um, you're too, Jasper, do you have a girlfriend? Yes. Okay. Your girlfriend probably doesn't like it when you ask her, can I ask you a question? You just ask the question. Right? <laughs> okay. Got it. Great advice. Um, so I have another lead who's like motivated to sell, mm -hmm. but um it I think it's a fix and flip. Um, but I don't know, like, have you ever done something like where you sell or finance a certain amount for a fix and flip instead of oh. just the cash deal? Yeah, that's That's called a novation agreement. Oh, oh, that's called a novation agreement. Okay. Yes. I, I, How are you not working with other sub two students? Like you're out there floundering around learning this shit on YouTube. Go, who's your, who's your best, who's your number one sub two student? That's your friend. No one. You need to fix that. That's the, that's okay. the first piece of advice. The thing is, I'm telling you, sub two community is hands down better than any other mentor. Like uh, one of my students is better than any other mentor in the game. I believe that. Mama, like Mamadou, I could go through here. Who? Uh, Jonathan Newsom, Christian Hernandez, right in the side chat. Like you need to talk to Christian Hernandez. He'll actually get on the phone with your sellers. Okay. Mamadou will get on the phone with your sellers. So many of my students will get on the phone with your sellers. And by the way, sub two students, I'm going to tell you guys right now, shame on you. Shame on you for not reaching out and helping this young man. He was on wholesale hotline a month ago or whatever it was. And you guys still haven't built a relationship with this guy. This guy's going out and generating leads. What in the hell are you doing? Link in with this guy and do deals with him. Hot damn. Ja Jasper, you need to fix that, right? Yep. Definitely will fix that. Okay. By by tomorrow, tomorrow's not a day off, dog. Memorial Day, Memorial Day ain't no day I, off. I okay? never have day offs. I know. I'm, I'm just pulling tax delinquent leads uh, from the county website just today. Um, Jabs Carter. I don't know if Jabs Carter is in here, um, but Jabs Carter is a great. Like so many, so many of our students are closers. Okay, so they'll get on the phone. They'll help out with the the. Um, they'll help you out with all the things. Okay. Um, they'll help you out with who's going to do the loan modification. They'll help you out with the paperwork. They'll help you out with that stuff. But here's the thing, they're going to want a JV with you on the deal. That's no problem. As long as I can learn, I'm, I'm fine. Why haven't you then tried to JV on a deal with me? So. Okay, so I'm because I don't JV. deserve it. Is that what no, you're about no, to say? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, well, I think the deals I do are a little too small for you. Um, no, they're not, bro. Okay. Um, it's not but, about the size of the deal. It's what you do with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
guy. Uh... Uh, yeah, but I mean, um, I've been working JV with another person, just not a sub two student, but I definitely yeah, would stop that, that right now. Whoever yeah. that knucklehead is, stop that right now. Go work with somebody who's trained properly. And and also, if they don't have the answer, guess where? Guess what they can do? They can go and get the right answer from me. We mm-hmm. do twenty one support calls a week, bro. The, the, like this Sunday service is an hour and a half. We have twenty one support calls. The average sub- amount of hours that my students have access to support live support is about forty hours a week. Mm-hmm. You need to work with somebody, and and then also, um, when do they lose access to me? Never, never. So is that the person you should be JVing with, rather than some knucklehead that's also learning on YouTube University? No. Um, but yeah, so after my first deal, hopefully I'll join sub two. Don't join sub two. Just work with the students. Okay. I, they're, I was, they're, I, they're trained I, to be leaders. Let them be leaders. Actually, I'm, I'm going to make a note. I'm going to tell the team not to let Jasper in. <laughs> Taking care of you. Yeah, you're out. Sorry, dog. No, please don't tell me that's true. Um, yeah. See, Angie says Colorado student. Why haven't we done a deal? Angie's the bomb. Okay. By the way, we got sub two students dating each other too. It's great. People, you know, their sub two students have gotten married and, and had babies already in the last two years. It's great. Oh, oh my God. Two years. That's, that's quick. That's quick. Yeah. yeah well, they're not, you know, they're not your age, Jasper. Some of them are in their forties and they're like, yo, it's their second life, man. There ain't like, no playing around. Yeah. Once you get past 30 kids. dog, you're, you're, hey, I thought 30 you, was the new 20. It is. But so. when, mentally there. at 30, you're like just ready to get dirty. Isn't that the saying? Cody's already, no, no comment. I want to wait another like 10 years, but <laughs> I know that won't happen. Um, okay, so Sean DeCapo says, is it okay to work with sub two students if you're currently an Astro? Of course, we did it. We just did an Astro and sub two uh, joint Zoom the other day. Uh, Chad Glover, one of my sub two students and uh, uh, Cody and my mastermind student, Chad Glover, I freaking love Chad. He um, did four deals with Astro students last week. And then he sends me a, a video of him on the river. And he's like, yo, man, I'm on the river hanging out with my contractor. This wouldn't be available if it wasn't for you. Thank you so much. But I'm like, you're the one that collaborated with other people. What do you got, Jasper? Yeah, so uh, I just thought of this. So I was actually following up with this seller, um, and he actually is bringing me three townhouse deals to me, or like he he'd be willing to entertain offers on them. And I just wanted to know like what I should be aware of when approaching townhomes because I know there's like HOA fees, um, like. But what else should I be? What city is this in? This is this is all in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, so I would. Here, here's the thing. I'm going to give you one answer, Jasper. I've already given you. Here's my, here's my new advice to myself. If I give one individual human being more advice than they could fit on a sticky note, I've failed. I've given you the front and the back of a sticky note already. We're done. I love you. You're handsome. I appreciate you. You're super respectful. I love the action that you take. I love having you come on here. I, I think you're going to be an absolute monster in this industry but I've given you enough homework and I'm not going to give you any more. That's fine. Get us, get a sub two student first and foremost, and then mm-hmm. go work on that foreclosure lead. Go get that thing under contract, with the sub two student, get that thing um, into a loan modification. So you don't have to go raise the capital for it or bring the arrears current. Cause the arrears will obviously get loan modded. Mm-hmm. And I, I have this, you and the sub two student assign that deal to Cody and I will buy that. We'll buy that deal. Yeah. Sounds good. 
Um, Adam says, Pace, I want to join sub two. Do you ever have specials? Um, let me ask you a question. Does May Maybach, Lamborghini, Ferrari ever have sales on their product? I'll leave it at that. I did, I did a Christmas special a couple of years ago where I was like, yo, Christmas special on sub two. We're doubling our price. No, we, no, we don't. We, it's the greatest community on planet earth. We're not trying to, we're not trying to do any specials. I'm very sorry. Here's, here's the special we're going to give you. Okay. This is the special of the, of, of a lifetime. Don't, don't join sub two. That's the special. Go work with the existing trained students. That's the special. You don't have to pay for anything. And then bring those deals to Cody and I, and that's the second special. Okay. See, there you go. Um, T, T Mac says, if you're not in sub two, work with us. I'm in AZ. There you go. Jasper, good to see you, dog. Um, Malik, what up, bro? What's going on, Pace? How you doing? Man, you look so good. Appreciate look at that. that. Look at that lighting, dude. Shit, I need to get my lighting straight. <laughs> what do you got for me tonight, brother? Um, I'm reaching out for two. I'm interested in the uh, the Gator lending. That's one. Um, okay, what do, you, what do you mean by that? You're interested in me giving you a Gator loan? Uh... I don't think I need to get a loan for my, well, it all you, want, you want to learn how to become a Gator lender. Gator lender. Right, right, right. Okay. Let's, let's ask the people in the side chat. If becoming a Gator lender has been worth it to them in the last four weeks of me training them guys, if you are a Gator in the side chat rate, the training, not in, not in rating, but how much value you have gotten from that training. And we'll tell, if, we'll tell Malik if he should join. The thing is we're shutting it down in two days. Um, so if you haven't booked a call with prime corporate services, then you're going to get, I did. Then you should I be did. good. But we, what happened was they had, we had to reschedule because that's I was, fine. I as long as you're I scheduled, had, you're fine. But I, I, I rescheduled it for Thursday and in here, it was supposed to have been 11 o'clock um, appointment. Well then reschedule, bro. Reschedule. Okay. So is there, I guess if you can give me a link to. Yeah. Pr go to primecorporateservices.com forward slash ABC for anybody that is trying to get in there. Prime I, honestly, I'm so blown away, to be honest with you. We have um, primecorporateservices.com forward slash ABC, okay? Um, David Thompson says, million dollars worth of Gator lending. Dude, I'm spending three hours Sunday morning. I was up 6 a.m. I, I have the flu right now, and wow. I still show up, dog, just like MJ, man, flu game. I actually put my flu game That's kicks fun. on today. I rocked that shit for three hours today. Dunked it That's on what him. what it is. Lori, uh, Lori says Gator training is absolutely amazing. So much value, um, all the things. So um, primecorporateservices.com forward slash ABC. If you're trying to get in there, you don't okay. have to be signed up before June 1st, but we are closing it out on June 1st for okay. anybody who has not scheduled their call with primecorporateservices.com. Okay. Cool. And by the way, That's I got a tech, I got a text message today, Malik from Steve, um, the owner of Prime Corporate Services, he got $1.9 million in approved lines of credit this month for the Gator lenders, just in 30 days, $1.9 million in approved credit, uh, lines of credit. So everybody's get, building their corporate credit, they're building their corporate structure, um, and we're having a blast in there for sure. Yeah, I have some of that already established, so that's not good. A, then you'll, be light, you'll be light years ahead of all these knuckleheads. Yeah, that's not the problem. I'm right now. I'm in a situation where I am. 
I just got my offer accepted on a probate property here in New Jersey. Nice. Um, and the house is all fixed up; is worth six fifty. So I'm looking for some funding, private funding, preferably. What What are you trying to do? Are you trying to fix and flip? What are you trying to do? I wanted to wholesale it. Okay. More so. So um, wholesaling, wholesaling is a really mis common misconception. It is actually fixing and flipping. That's true. I, I it's just that, that a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, we're throwing it on the market. It's like, well, you have to buy it. <laughs> right. 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 So you, what's the purchase price? Um, four seven, $490. $490. And you think ARV is what? Well, my, my realtor, I, I have an actual broker realtor that I am have a good relation with. So he, he uh, we comp the area, the houses in the area. What's the comp? Uh, uh, six fifty. You can list this property right now in as-is condition for six fifty. No, no, not as-is condition. No. Okay, well, wholesaling is almost as-is, right? So, like, you're just doing carbon right, paint, right, right. maybe on a wholesale deal. So, what what are you doing on this deal? Well, this deal actually needs actually it need the bathrooms need to be updated and the kitchen. And okay, so we're we're not talking a wholesale deal anymore. We're talking like a full on fix and flip. Put fix and flip. Yeah, you can say that pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Roughly. I mean, a wholesale deal is lipstick on a pig, right? That's like carpet, paint, max. Yeah, mm -hmm. max. Like even then, it might it might be cleaning the carpet and touching up paint is a wholesale deal. It's literally yeah. like I'm taking a property almost as is. Cody, when was the last time we had a wholesale deal, dude? <sighs> Hopi Trail, maybe? No, we did we did a good amount to Hopi Trail. We could have done less, but we got more money by doing more there. But I mean, it's, shoot, been, it's been a long a time. Been a year maybe since we've done a wholesale. Yeah, because most of the time it's like we can go in there, we could list it as is, but like we can buy it and just do the carpet, do the paint, do all new fixtures, throw on you know a new countertop in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and it just freshens it up to a point where it's like it's worth doing those things versus just literally closing on it and cleaning it, you know? And even though that's not like a significant renovation, it just kind of freshens things up, makes things feel new, like new handles. Like you ever go into a house that's like freshly painted and they got like those gold handles from like the nineties on all the doors and you're just like, it's yeah. fresh, but like this handle is all janky, you know? So it's just like little things like that to freshen it up. Gotcha. gotcha. So this is definitely not a hotel deal. Uh, it sounds like if you got a 490 purchase price, it sounds like you're probably going to put in about 35 grand in. If you're going to do the, you're going to tear out the bathrooms and the kitchen, and you're going to redo them. Right. You're probably going to spend, I'd say, I'm going to guess about 35 grand. So you're going to buy it for 490. Here, I'll, I'll even do the little whiteboard. You want to do a little whiteboard on this bad boy? I say we probably put up. I say more like 45. More like okay. 45. We definitely, we yeah. are definitely far outside <laughs> of the hotel mark. All right. But I, but I'm saying a lot of that, Malik, just for the audience to understand yeah. as well, is that I don't, I don't want them to, you know, misconstrue this as a hotel deal. So your purchase price is four hundred ninety thousand dollars. Okay. Right. I'm going to add probably ten thousand dollars to purchase that property. When you buy something, a lot of people don't know this, but you actually have closing costs when you buy something. So did you really buy it for four hundred ninety thousand dollars, Cody? No, you bought it for like no. four ninety seven. <laughs> Okay, so we bought. We're going to buy this house for five hundred thousand as a real purchase price because we've got closing costs when we acquire it. A lot of people don't recognize that. Okay, um, right. Cody, have we ever gotten around this? Besides an uh, innovation agreement, the closing costs? No. 
It's impossible. So Malik, 1000%, you have to put that in. There's no way around that unless you're doing a novation. Okay. So your, okay. your purchase price is actually 500. Now let's say okay. that we're going to put $45,000 into this thing. Your $500,000 plus your $45,000 in private money, right? PML, mm. private money lender. A human being right. is going to come in and go, hey, Malik, I'll give you this for this 545. But what I want is I want two points. Okay. Two points on 540 is essentially 12,000. Let's just say 12,500. I, I, I'm, I'm just throwing the math out. That's their funding mm -hmm. fee for that plus hard money. Okay. So 540 at 12%, you're going to have a payment 540 at 12%. 5,400. So you're going to have $5,400 a month in hard money costs on this thing times i'd say three months is about your cost oh, you probably have four months on that because you're you're two months doing the work and then you're on the market and then be. depending on act, days on market average for your area and then obviously once you go under contract typically three to four week close okay cool so we, what we've got here is i've got to go borrow this money from a private money lender hopefully this is helpful for people because they people just don't understand how expensive it is to actually flip a house um but we're going to go borrow 100% of this $540,000, okay? Because that's what Cody and I do. We're going to go borrow this $540,000 from, let's say, who, who in the audience have we borrowed money from? Is um, Debbie here? <laughs> uh, Debbie sometimes shows up, but we've got Yara that comes in a lot. Yara, um, yeah. We've got uh, Chloe, a new private money lender that we just borrowed three hundred grand from the other day. Um, let's see. No, wrong, Debbie. Anyway, so we, we have a lot of private money lenders in here, just FYI, Malik. As long as this is a good deal, you're going to have private mm -hmm. money lenders. Just oh, Tristan Trenberth, he is, uh, he's got private money lenders as well. Um, all right, so now I'm going to pay. This is kind of crazy when you think about it, right? You're going to pay all of this in hard money costs over this deal, your total cost of hard money on this deal, 20, uh, 21, 20, da, da, da. you're essentially going to be about $34,000 in hard money costs on this deal. Crazy to think about, but welcome to real estate. Okay, so this eats up your costs incredibly quickly. So we're at um, our 500 purchase price. Let's do it again, 500 purchase price because we had closing costs plus our renovation of 45, plus our cost of capital, which was 34. This is not looking awesome. Okay, so cost of capital, right? Cost of using somebody else's money and cost of reno. Right. Um, and then I'm, I'm gonna throw in, Cody, how often do we go over budget and have um, excess things that we, we didn't budget for? Every time. No, come on. <laughs> I mean, we sometimes will slide in one where like one out of five where it's like, oh, we're we're like on budget. Like usually we're on budget until we get to like a inspection and then there's some weird thing that comes up that we just didn't yeah. catch that, you know, happens. I, I would say Cody's accurate. It's every time. And I would th <laughs> say that you always have to have a $10,000 buffer because there are things that happen. Okay. Like, have like here, here's, here's something, right? So Tuesday, just going about my day, and I get a text message from our uh, property manager, 
on a property that we were on budget, everything that we expected to spend, we had spent. And then they're like, hey, it looks like someone broke into the lockbox at the property. And there was a picture she sent of this mangled up lockbox. And I'm like, perfect. And then she sends more pictures. She's like, it looks like then they got into the house. They broke open the wall. And then they took the copper out of the wall. And then they took your hot water heater. So you need a new hot water heater. We need to do some plumbing work before the tenant moves yeah, in. Yeah, but Cody, that never happens ever anywhere else, right? <laughs> like I can I can plan on that never happening, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so I mean, our true cost of purchasing this deal, okay? So a lot of people go 490 to, you said 650. Man, that sounds great. It's $160,000 spread has now been eaten up pretty damn quickly, okay? So we've got 500 plus 45 yeah, plus 34 plus 10. So 55, 85, um, basically 590. I'm just going to simplify it at $590,000, okay? Do you have an agent that's going to be listing this for like a discounted fee as, as the listing agent on this for you, Malik? Uh, like I said, I have a broker. Uh yeah. Real estate agent who's I have a relationship with. So, yeah. So he'll charge you maybe like a couple grand and then you'll only pay like a percentage on the buyer's agent side. Right. OK, cool. Okay. Well, let, let me let me get through this just real quick. So our real cost to own this deal is five ninety. Right. You bought it for four ninety. And even though you're only this is where people screw up on fix and flips. I bought it for four ninety, dollars and I planned on a $45,000 reno. So you would think, oh, I'm going to be into it five thirty-five. dollars eh, Wrong. Eh, wrong. Never, ever will it ever be different than what I'm talking about unless you do a novation agreement. Um, and that's not going to happen in this situation, I imagine. So you got cost of capital, your buffer, which 1,000% you will always burn through. Always. It is an absolute, people go, man, we really didn't make that much money on that deal. We should have put a buffer in. Yep, should have, right? So your real cost of this deal, this is your true cost, is 590. This is what it's going to cost you up until this point. Now what you're going to do is you're going to sell this thing for $650,000. The average American pays 11% to sell their, their home that they live in, 11%. That's not you. You want to know why? Because you're not a homeowner. That's not you. Okay. The average investor spends about 7% selling their property. Okay. And you guys are all like, oh, well, my agent's only going to list this for 1% for me. And the other agent's only going to be at 3%. So I'm 4% total. Well, that just tells me how you've never flipped a house before. Because your cost to sell the house right. is not just your two agents, right? You've got your seller's agent, you've got your buyer's agent, and then you've got another 4% on average that you have to add on top of there for contingencies. And you've got um, closing costs. We just did a deal the other day we, where we had our own closing costs that we had to pay on our own side. You have to pay closing costs even when you sell the One property. One second, I got to get my, uh, my plug-in cord. My battery is getting low. Don't worry. I, I, I don't, I don't, you're, I'm just running through this, so don't worry about it. I'm going to keep cranking, okay? So um, Eric Camargo uh, says, investors, 8%. I would say that sometimes it is. Sometimes we have, it costs us 7 8% to sell a property. So let's just say 
that if our cost to sell the property is 7%, Cody, can you pull out a calculator and do 7% of 650? What is that? Yeah, yeah. hang on one sec. <clears throat> I'm not feeling confident about this deal. Uh, 7% is 45,000. Holy shit. 45,500, but $40,000, $40,500 in closing costs. Yeah. Like the, the only way that I'm really seeing this working out well is going to be reducing the reno budget to like 35 to get a little bit more spread and then finding, you know, the cheaper, cheapest money that you possibly can, like trying to get 10% or 9% money instead of like a 12% money. And uh -huh. if you could find not having any points on a loan with someone that would also help because those are going to be ways to squeeze and, you know, get more out of this deal. Um, then those are the only real areas you have to kind of like make some adjustments and is going to be on the, the money on that deal. This is why people don't understand fix and flips is because you, everybody thinks the word spread. If I could, if I could really quickly send out a, a broadcast to every wholesaler on the planet and let them know that the word spread only is useful in either butter or porn. Those are the only time that word is useful. Okay. Um, in real estate, a spread means nothing to us. Okay. What we care about is actual net profit. I want to know what is my net profit. And on this deal, my net profit, I'm going to sell the property for 650. Anybody like that joke, by the way, is really, that was really distasteful. I'm sorry. Sunday service. And here I am talking about horrible things. Okay. So, um, I've got my sales price and even after my reduced commissions and all that kind of stuff, I'm still going to spend $45,000 to sell the property. And because of my cost of the deal, right? 500 purchase price after closing costs, my reno costs, my cost of capital, cause I'm borrowing money, a buffer because 100% of the time I will go over. Also you have utilities and other things that we haven't even considered in this. So your buffer will take care of those, you know, utilities and landscape maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so that's why you're at 590. So what did I actually make on this property? I made $14,500. Rylas Dana says he liked that spread joke. Uh, did I get anybody laughing about that? Malik, did I get you laughing about that? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. No, it was okay, definitely good, good, funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking okay, so about raising Kane's spread. This is why people have a hard time with fix and flip is because they don't know this stuff. And they think people, when they're listening to this for the first time, they think that I'm making this up. They think that it's made up. It's absolutely not, guys. We flip 50 houses a year. This is 1,000% exactly what's going to happen. Now, here's the thing is Cody made a point. In Arizona, we don't pay points to our lenders. Okay, so those mm. two points that I set up front, Arizona does yeah. not pay those. That does not exist. In New Jersey, unfortunately... Everything going against you, Malik, the real estate gods hate New Jersey so much that there's no advantage you're ever going to have in New Jersey. In fact, you've got two attorneys making money on every transaction. You know what I'm saying? Like your, your buyer and your seller have to both have their own attorney representing them in your state. And so we in Arizona, we have an advantage, like two points for us. Um, saving us two points on this deal would have been, you know. We, I mean, I can't use a title company, but you know you yeah okay but well, that's still not going to save you money on the points right the points right are not the closing costs the points, points that go to your points. lender 
So right. if your lender, if you find a lender that doesn't charge points, you'll make, now you're going to make $24,500. But here's the thing, Cody and I won't touch a deal. Like that six fifty sales price, what are we typically trying to make? This is bare bones, by the way. We're going to want to okay. make 65000 on that, at least. We, yep. 10% of the sales price is what we want for our net profit. That's a safe target. I, was, I did a three-hour training this morning with the Gator lenders, and uh, I didn't make a single – I made a lot of jokes, but it, they weren't grotesque. And it was because I had the flu and I wasn't feeling good. I had to get my, my juices flowing. Um, so, Malik, does this look like an awesome deal to you? No, definitely not. Okay, so what do we got to do? You got to, here's a couple of things. Number one, find a lender that doesn't charge points. Okay, or find a lender that will partner with you because here's what's great about this is if you find a partner on this deal and you go 50-50 with them, uh -huh. you don't have to pay any lending fees. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Okay, that's that's should I do that right. or do I should I find another uh, investor that'll put up the money? Yep, you got to find somebody that will put up the money on a deal like this, and that'll save you. What did we talk about? What's your cost of capital on this deal? Your cost of capital here is thirty four thousand dollars. Okay, it's hmm. a lot of money. Thirty four grand. Somebody like is going to say, okay, well, I'll, I'm willing to take twenty five, and you take the other, you know, nine grand or whatever it is to you. I know I'm going through this quickly because right. we got other people have questions and no, we usually end at 8.30. That's fine. Um, so find a, a, find a lender that's not going to charge you points or find a partner that would go J in JV with you. Second thing is I would learn Novation and I would go and do this as a Novation because on a Novation, A, you have no upfront. The, you remember that when we buy the property of closing costs? Right. In a Novation agreement, you don't have those closing costs. Okay, and then wait, B, wait, you said novation. I'm, I'm, I'm new to that. Yeah, it's because you aren't working with one of the sub two students. Okay, gotcha. I think, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like everybody's homework tonight is write down on your um, vision board, find a sub mm -hmm. two student I can work with that can actually teach me this kind of stuff because I'm telling you, they have millions and millions of dollars of education in their brain. I wanted that, to offer seller finance, but there was four errors, so I don't. I didn't think they would agree to. Well, that's that's where that's good negotiating um, comes in, bro. Look at look at you, man. Oh, okay. I I feel like you above anybody else. Look how handsome you are. You don't think you can convince somebody of something? No, I think I can. I mean, for the most part, I built great rapport with them. They was trustworthy. You know what I mean? There they you go. At home, so I would I would so. go innovation because innovation doesn't have closing costs up front, and the other thing innovation doesn't have is monthly. Hard money payments saves you a ton of money. This is why innovation agreements mm -hmm. are gangsters because this $34,000 in costs of a, the cost of capital mm -hmm. does not exist in an innovation agreement. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I know you're yeah. like, well, I don't know what an innovation agreement is. It's very simple. It's basically, Malik, pay attention to this because this is something you've never heard before. I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to say, what's an innovation agreement? I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Instead of you buying the property just to turn around and sell the property, right? It costs mm -hmm. you closing costs to buy the property up front. You got to get lender fees. You got to do all this stuff. And it costs a bunch of money just to transfer it from the seller to you. Right? right. 
You're right. only doing that for three months. So you're going to spend all this money on lenders and all this kind of crap for three months just to turn around and sell the property. Why not just go to the seller and say, Hey, let me fix up the property and sell it on the market. I'll give you your guaranteed 490, but I need to go sell it to my buyer. And when my buyer comes and buys it from me, I will pay off your 490. Hmm. Okay. It's so simple. It's no more simple than that. But people hearing it for the first time are going to start immediately overcomplicating it. They're like, whoa, wait, wait. So they're still the owners. Yes, they're still the owners. They're just letting you fix up the property and list it on yeah, the market. So you're like JVing with the, with the homeowner. They're, they're that is your, a very simple way of looking at it, yes. Right. They're your partner. I got you. You're coming in with the capital to get it to what it is. Yeah, I've yep. heard of it before. I just never heard of Novation. But I, you know, okay. There you go. It's called a Novation Agreement. Got you. Okay, so Malik says, uh, Facebook user, uh, we don't know your name, but he says, I'm a sub two student and can help you. Here's my cell phone number. I didn't see that. I'm, I can't see. I'm in, I'm on the stream yard, so I'm not seeing. Yeah, well, I'm going to kick you out. You go over, you go back over there. Okay. Okay, bye. So, um, Gabrielle says, this is a very important thing for a lot of people. I have signed up with PCS and created an LLC already, but did not get a corporate line of credit. Am I still eligible to, to be in the Gator Tribe? In the Gator Tribe, we are not teaching you how to use your LLC. Go do that over there. In the Gator Tribe, we're teaching you how to build a corporate line of credit so that you can go and use other people's money to lend money and insert yourself into deals. So an LLC does help you, but it will not help you in the Gator Tribe. The Gator Tribe is all about using other people's money to lend money to other people. Um, Mr. Chris, how you doing, brother? Doing better if I could get off mute. Well, you you figured it out. You're looking good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. And you? I'm killing it. First question is, what is your handicap? Um, right now, probably a 15, but normal, I, I could probably shoot a nine, maybe a seven, depend on if I'm playing a lot. Nice. Nice. Got on play today. Shot 81. Happy with that. Bro. If I could shoot an 81 every time I played around, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. So you, you and wifey need to bring your Airstream. We'll get out our Airstream and then we'll go find some golf courses and hang out a little bit. I'd love that. Once um, I become once I become a billionaire and stop wanting to work so hard, we're, you got it. Understand. So I'm I'm just getting started. I got both my LLCs. I got my top parent and then my child underneath it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a little bit like a, a dog chasing a car. I can catch it, but I don't know what to do with it once I get there. Okay. Um, I, I'm what a to, you're Chris. You grew up in the South, didn't you? Nashville, and now I live in Northern Kentucky. You guys always have the greatest phrases. I'm writing that shit down. That was so good. That was good. I was literally just imagining that. I was just thinking that through in my head. I'm like a dog chasing a car. And then when they get to it, and I've seen this, I've seen a dog. Yeah, no, I was literally away. envisioning that. <laughs> Wait, what am I, what am I doing? What am I, that's really good, Chris. That's, I wrote that down. Well, I've got, I've got all kinds in my friends. I know. I swear you guys, when like went at birth, the doctor starts reading phrases to everybody born in the South. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, so where I am is I feel like I need to raise some capital. I, I'm all about I can do the virtual assistance and stuff, but I need to get the, the capital to be able to afford that. Mm. What what's some advice that you could give me to 
I'll give you, I'll give you some really quick advice. Don't raise capital to hire virtual assistants. Okay. Don't do it. You'll regret it. Um, what, what I would do is I would rather you partner with somebody else. that's kind of new as well. And you guys maybe go 50, 50 on it. So you lessen the burden of a virtual assistant and you guys learn together. Um, I would not want you guys to go raise money. Don't in the real estate. I would, I would not raise or borrow money to go and, um, build your systems and processes. I would use real cash that you have because you're going to burn through a portion of it, 60, 70% of it just to learn, just just to learn. Yeah. And I'm, I'm misrepresenting what I meant. What I'm all about doing cash and, and that what I meant is um, what's some quick, you know, whether it's a, a wholesale deal or, or something that I can ha I can get a hold of 10, 15,000 pretty quick. I was looking oh, easy. at Chris. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying raise ca cash by doing a deal. So Chris, here's what I would tell you to do. The easiest way to get a deal done in your life Okay. If you don't know creative finance and you don't know a lot about a lot of stuff, a lot of things, which a lot of people that are brand new don't creative finance is the easiest way to get a deal. If you understand creative finances, there's no easier way to get a deal because you're, you can offer more than what the house is worth. You could offer way like you saw Jasper come in and I'm like, Oh, that there's no way a wholesaler or an agent could help that person for you that you're the only person can solve that problem. That's a pretty strong competitive advantage. But obviously when you're brand new, that's a little bit challenging to understand that education, right? Very simple. Your avatar right now, Chris, ironically, I would, I would want you to write this down. This is your avatar. There's 20 avatars in real estate, 20 mm -hmm. avenues that everybody should take depending on their personality, their current st state of affairs, their current resources, their current education level, et cetera. Your avatar right now, ironically, is bird dog. Mm -hmm. Okay. You make a joke about dog chasing a car. Well, you very literally are a bird dog. So here's what a bird dog is. Okay. A bird dog finds somebody like me. My wife is our bird dog for our business. Okay. She doesn't have to fund the deal. She doesn't have to run the project. She doesn't have to do anything. She makes a portion of the project. So Cody, his first deal actually was going out and being a bird dog. He yep. found a legitimate buyer. So Chris, here's your homework for the week. I want you to find five buyers in your local area that with, are within 10, 15 miles. And you're going to go, well, how's shit? How do I find a buyer? Next I'll question. tell you how to find a buyer right now. Okay. Watch me do it. I'll find, I'll show you how to find a buyer real quick. Um, Cody, do you have a, a batch leads how to find a buyer video? I believe, dude, I have so many how to find a buyer videos. I'm sure I have one on my channel. I have probably at least six or seven, like finding buyers videos on my YouTube channel, which that have, would probably be the best. really good. One of my favorite videos I ever did is right here. Um, yeah, while well, so is pulling that up, like the, the finding of the, the individuals that would be the buyer is going to be able to help you move with more confidence, Chris, too, on like if you find you know, five, 10 different buyers, what you're going to be able to do is then move with more confidence when you find a potential deal. Cause you know what your buyers are looking for. You're essentially take, you know, order taking for those buyers of the criteria they're looking for. So then you just go out and hunt for that. And when you get it, then you could bring it to them. And that that's how I got my start as well. Yeah. So, um, and if I had to start all over, Chris, like if I'm in a brand new market, you'll see me do this with um, Robin Hurt in Seattle is I will literally land on the ground and I will find 25 buyers day one 
and I'll call every one of them and I'll say, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What's your latest project? What, what are your challenges? And I'll create them into a profile. I'm actually going to put them up on the wall and I'm going to be like, Robin, who do we work for, 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 for the next 25 days? Or I'm sorry, 30 days. We work for those 25 people. As a bird dog, that's who you work for. So what you now do is you then go and find the deals without cold calling. This is what my wife does. My wife just goes to wholesalers and says, what deals do you have? 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 And she has to look at about 40 deals to get one deal. And that takes her about two, three days. And her average deal that she makes money on is about 20 grand. Because what are we doing, Chris? She's not wholesaling the deal to us. Now, you could wholesale the deal to us, but what we do with Laura, because she wants a larger portion, Laura's like, I'm not going to assign the deal to you. I'm going to bring the, you guys will contract directly with the wholesaler who I went and grabbed the deal from. And Laura gets paid 20% of the back end. So what does she do to... Um... What does she do to guarantee that, that they don't go around her? Um, you, it, cash buyers don't go around you, Chris. Only wholesalers go around you. Real, real cash buyers that you establish a real relationship with, ne we've never had it happen in years. The slimy daisy chain wholesalers, those are the ones that'll do that type of stuff. But the real true cash buyers, and you, you make a relationship with them. Obviously, like, you know, if you have a funny feeling, like, you know, your intuitiveness of, of someone's, um, ethics, like, you know, maybe don't work with them, but you know, generally that's not usually an issue. Chris, um, a really good discernment between a real cash buyer and a non-cash buyer is number one, don't find cash buyers in Facebook. Okay. That's not where cash buyers are. That's where wholesalers and like daisy chainers are. I don't have a problem with wholesalers and daisy chainers. We wholesale and we daisy chain. But when you're starting out and you just want to work for a cash buyer, you want to have the reliability to know that they're a real cash buyer. How do I know? Well, the video I just put into the side chat actually shows you how to pull up public record to find real cash buyers who have closed escrow on recent purchases in the last 30 to 60 days. You will see, okay? Um, you will absolutely see that they are credible, real buyers. They have real addresses that their LLC actually owns by looking at public record. Okay. Wholesalers, most wholesalers, I would say, one, a lot of them don't even have an LLC, funny enough. And then two, um, they've never owned a property in their life. And so you go, oh, what's your LLC name? What's your company name? And while you're talking to them and doing research, you can type in their company name on the corporation commission. Like, this is how easy it is for us, okay? Like, I'll show you. Man, I'm, I'm giving people such good game. I'm sitting here watching other people's YouTube channels. Everybody else's YouTube channel and YouTube videos suck balls compared to how much we actually teach people stuff. When we were, when we were just starting out, dude, like, are you kidding me? Nobody had this stuff. We had to freaking go do the nitty gritty. Yeah, um, so check out. this out. Um, share, I'm going to share screen and I'll do a little window on this. So check this out. I'm on YouTube, but I'm going to go to Arizona Corporation Commission search. And I've been here a whole bunch. Let's type in which, which one that we own property in. Let's see. Which one, what do we flip in? What, what's one of the LLCs? Blue, we flip? blue Acorn Investments. A Blue Acorn Investments. Okay. Well, this is Arizona Corporation Commission. So you're going to look them up and be like, oh, they're a real company. Okay, cool. So now what you do is um, you want to, you could go through and see that they're real and all that kind of stuff. That's another conversation. 
But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to um, uh, County Maricopa County Assessor. Okay, watch this. Maricopa County Assessor, where's the search feature? Here it is. Blue Acorn Investments. Boom. And this one LLC currently has four flips going on right now. Okay, and we have multiple multiple LLCs that we're using at all times, but just one, one of our LLCs has four fix and flips that are going on right now. You can see the address. Is this the other Hobson address right here probably? Yeah, yeah. That's the other Hobson next door. Okay, so you can see within two seconds how quickly I can tell if somebody's a real buyer or not. Do you have an LLC? Great. What's your company name? Boom. Are they legit? Oh, and then 15, no joke. If you time me, I did that. In fi- I could do that in 15 seconds. And a wholesaler who's going to go around you will not have any properties in their name. Gotcha. So okay. that, we've, in all the years we've done this, a credible cash buyer will never go around you because they understand the relationship. Excellent. Pace, thank you so much. Um, humbly appreciate all the time that you put into this, I do. Thank you, Chris. Here's here's how you show us your appreciation. You go take action. Definitely will. And I know you. I know you have because you've gotten the LLCs, which is great. Um, keep being that dog chasing the car. But I would. What I would do is, um, Chris, my wife and I did a stream on YouTube that was called "How to Do a Deal in Two Two Hours." Okay. And my wife breaks down the bird dogging process. Okay. It's very simple. It's start with. Go find five to seven buyers max. Don't go find 25. I know I made that suggestion earlier. Don't do that. That's crazy. You just need five. In fact, five might even be too many. Real buyers. Have a conversation with them and say, I'm brand new. I've never done a deal before. I want to go find you a deal. Tell me what I got to do. And you start with your buyer. So Chris, what what business are you in right now? Uh, Medical sales. Perfect. Okay. You imagine going and set doing medical sales in in, in, in like uh where where do you where, what territory are you in? You in like a heavily populated area? Cincy, Louisville, Lexington. Okay, cool. You imagine going into like rural area was areas where there are no doctors' offices and that's your territory? Yeah. Right? So that this is what happens a lot of times with wholesalers. They're like, oh, I'm gonna start wholesaling. And they start calling sellers. And they they get a seller that's highly motivated, they get them on the phone, which is not what I'm suggesting you do. Mm-hmm. especially for your first deal, go bird dog. If you don't want to spend any money, go bird dog. It's very lucrative. And um, what happens, you go, all right, well, I've got this territory. I'm a, whole, I'm a wholesaler. Go get a house under contract. And they turn around and they try and sell a deal to a, an investor and they go, crap, there are no investors here. There's a lot of wholesalers that that's their business model. They go into these rural like ancillary markets and they lock up deals and they have no one to sell it to. So what you need to do is if you're in medical sales, you guys go, all right, well, where are the doctor's offices? Where are the people that we want to do business with? And you guys map out a territory based on market research on who your customer is. Mm -hmm. You're literally doing the same thing in this model. You're going and finding your customer first and finding out what they need. You imagine like what, what kind of medical do you guys sell devices or drugs? No, it's uh, surgeon gloves and uh, surgeon soap. Okay, perfect. So surgeon gloves, surgeon soap. So you imagine going to like a, a foot doctor that all they do is like examinations. They don't actually perform surgery and trying to sell this shit. Mm. It's not going to happen, right? right? 
And so what you do is you go first, like what did my doctors need and who are those people? I'm going to do market research. Perfect. Now I'm going to go work on my pitch and then come back to them. So start with the end customer in mind every single time in every business. What people are taught in this business is the exact opposite. They go, go cold call and text message and do all this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, you're, it's like, Hey, go find medical gloves and go find medical, you know, surgical, um, blades and do all this kind of stuff. And you go find all the things you bring, you get the brands that you think are good and the color of gloves you think are good. And you get these triple XL size gloves and you then go to the customer and you go, all right, I got these triple XL gloves, man, they're dope. And the doctors go, dude, my hands are medium size. Like I can't buy this shit from you. Right. Right. Now I know that's not a perfect example example because you're probably going to the doctor to go, yeah, here's our order. We need these in 30 days and you're custom ordering to them totally get that. But you get the example is, sure, is the biggest problem people have. Mm, absolutely. Stephanie Britton says, my first time listening and my mind is blown. Thank you so much. I will be been watching your videos. I'm sorry about the dirty jokes about the word spread. I, I now feel bad about that. <laughs> it was funny. Kind of, but not really feel bad about it. <laughs> sorry. But um, so Chris, here, here's again, really good advice. I gave you advice. Go do the homework. If you give, if you have to do more in a week than you can fit on a sticky note, it's too much. Just write down on a sticky note what your homework is. Go find cash. Go find five cash buyers. Find out what they want. Watch a couple of videos just so you can have a little bit of the terminology and go and act like a fool to these cash mm -hmm. buyers. Hey, my name's Chris. I'm brand new. I've never done a deal before. Hoping you can help me in this local area. I want a bird dog for you. That's literally the script. And they'll go, Oh shit! All right, cool. Every single cash buyer will be so grateful that you are bird dogging for them. I've been doing, doing this job for two years and I still play the new card. Love it. Good stuff. Thanks again. I appreciate it very much. Great question. Thank you. A lot of people got value from that, I'm sure. Thank you. Justin Hollander, what's up, dog? How you doing? I saw you driving around in your car and like being all patient. I was like, there's no way I'm ending this. Right now, Cody's like, this was supposed to end 20 minutes ago. In fact, Cody just pulled him. Oh, he was going to I just have to pee. Oh, he has to pee. <laughs> That's all right. Justin, you're the last question of the night. What do you got for us? All right. So uh, a lot of properties around where I'm looking at are HOA foreclosures. Mm. That'd be worth sure, uh, sure sell. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are two different foreclosures, right? So like most people think of foreclosure yeah. as one thing just for the audience right. that doesn't know this. An HOA is actually a sheriff cell. It means that your local sheriff department is foreclosing on them and they get a right. redemption period. Depends on the state, but our state is six months. You get six months in Arizona to redeem that HOA foreclosure, which is right. pretty cool. So is that a strategy you're working on right now, Justin? Yeah, I'm looking into it. I, I was wondering if that's a way, like something to pursue or is it just kind of a lost cause? I love it. I love the strategy, but it's a very different avatar. It's somebody who's a little bit more experienced in the sense that they don't need to make money right away. Cause here's what'll happen. You'll buy a property on the HOA auction and you have to sit around and do nothing with that property for nearly six months in the hope that the seller does not come back and redeem the property. Okay. Because in a regular foreclosure, like the bank foreclosure, the foreclosure auction through a trustee, right. That's gone. Like the day it gets foreclosed, there's no redeeming it. It's done. Um, in a sheriff's cell, they have a redemption period, and that is a dangerous game to play because now it's like, 
am I willing to wait this long to go and we don't chase down HOA foreclosures because of the t length of time it takes for us to get paid. Okay. But it's a good strategy. If you yeah. have somebody in your local area that has capital, like we have a guy named Lee, Lane Peterson. He's actually our partner on one of our title companies. And he exclusively for like three or four years was working just the HOA auctions because nobody else is working them. So he's like, I'm right. just going to get a bunch of money together, some money partners, and we'll go buy five to seven of them at a time, knowing that four of them are going to get redeemed and three of them won't. And we'll bank on the three that don't get redeemed as the way that we underwrite and evaluate how we're um, infusing the capital into that business. Okay. All right. That's a, I've just seen a lot of those. I was just wondering if that was something maybe that might be a hidden gem. In the you know what I would do, Justin, is I would go to the um, HOA or the sheriff sale mm -hmm. and I would talk to sweet talk. One of the ladies, where do you live by the way? Uh, Vegas. Okay. So you live in Vegas. Um, I would go sweet talk to one of one of the ladies that run the, the sheriff sale and say, who's the biggest buyer? Like who's the person buying the most of these and then go become friends and take them to lunch or stop by their office, bring their um, front desk girl, like a gift basket or something like that and say, I want five minutes with, with whoever it is and go, what are you guys doing? Break down the business model for me and tell me how I can provide value to you and bring you opportunities. Okay. Um, and, Cause we don't focus on that. I know people that do, but we don't. And so I will be, what I've given you just now is literally everything I know about foreclosure, the HOA foreclosures. Okay. All right. Great question. Right. Thank, thank you. Um, man, we went long tonight. Sorry about that. 23 minutes long. We could freaking just keep going all night long. Um, Cody, I'll let you out of here. I'm going to answer a couple more questions. All right. Let's, Sounds good. Okay. Later, brother. Later. Lori Henry, what up? I, I see you there holding your forehead and you made me want to answer your question because I was like, how dare I answer Justin's question, but not Lori's? You know what I'm saying? Evening. What up? So that's this uh, home. How do you get a deceased owner that has the home in probate? How do you get the... Um, get moving on that type of uh, situation. Okay. So this is what you do. So you, I own four houses subject to from people who have been, they've been dead. They've been dead. You know what I'm saying? Like when I ran into the deal, they were already passed away. So um, what did I do? I went to the heirs or the people who were going to be the personal representative, because that's what happens when somebody passes away, the family has to take that property through probate. A lot of times the family members are the people who will be named the personal representative of that entire estate. As of right now, Lori, there is no personal representative of that estate because that estate has not been through probate. So there has been no personal representative named legally, if that makes sense. So you kind of have to make a gamble. Um, are you talking to the family that says that they're in charge of the estate? No. So here's the thing. I've looked up the information on the home and I do, I have um, kind of partnered with uh, Carlin, Carlin Samuels. So we're trying to get, well, since I'm in the location of the home, I'm going to go through the courts. I have the uh, name of one of the family members okay. that I'm going to uh, seek out and see if I can get things um, going that way 
but um, 100% that's where I would start. I would 100% start with the person who is a family member who actually can make a decision. Here's where my com competitive advantage comes in. It's for those family members that have a house that needs to go through probate. I tell them I will pay for the probate. Now, Lori, I don't know if you have the ability to pay for the probate or not. That's not, that's doesn't really matter. But I tell that family member, Hey, my name is Pace Morby. I'm, um, I'm a probate services company, which I am because any real estate investor is a probate services company. So, Hey, I'm a probate services company and I actually pay for people's probate fees up front if we can work out some sort of deal on the real estate, are you guys looking to sell this property? You have to start there because if you start chasing down rabbit holes of like county records and this, that, or the other, the only thing that's going to move the needle for you is talking to somebody who actually is in charge, giving them an opportunity to say, I will pay for that. Now, Lori, I'm going to always assume that you don't, or other people asking me this question, don't have the, the financial capability of paying for a $5,000 probate. Okay. No. Okay, I'm just going to assume because it's smarter for me to answer this question. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know, but there are a lot of probate attorneys out there that will do the probate work ahead of time and get paid once the real estate is closed. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm doing here? I'm arbitraging. I'm leveraging because I'm a gangster. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I've got an attorney that will pay for that doesn't charge up front. And then I will basically package that little situation in a really pretty tiny bow and go to that seller and go, Hey, I will front the costs of your probate. If we can work out a real estate deal. Do you see the competitive mm -hmm. advantage you have? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to, you have to start with a conversation with the seller. And the thing is that property has been sitting for a couple of years and the deceased owner hasn't um, paid the taxes for a, a couple of years, of course, because he's been deceased for a couple of years. Mm. Well, Lori, who are you working with on this? Because there's people in the chat that are gangsters at this kind of stuff, like Mamadou and Sharita and a whole bunch of other people are gangsters at this kind of stuff. They can help you out. Carolyn Samuels, as I mentioned, um, I didn't. She, I didn't hear that you glitched out when you said the name. I'm sorry. She she's awesome. Yeah, she mentioned about um, maybe doing an investigative type of thing, um, hiring an investigative. Um, why Why would you Why would you pay an investigative thing when you already know that there's a family member? Right. Well, that was a suggestion that. Well, start with the family member. Get on the phone with the family member as fast as possible and then bring that to a probate attorney and have them handle it. Like Rylas Dana, my probate attorney, you can see him right here in the side chat, Rylas Dana. That's what I do. When when somebody he, he'll work a special deal out for me. Okay. I'll go to a seller and go, hey, I've got a I've got a really handsome and single as far as I'm aware. I don't know how this man's single. I think he's just dating around. He's probably the most eligible bachelor I've ever met in my life. But anyway, he, um, I tell him, Hey, um, I tell the seller, I've got a probate attorney that will handle this for you. Let's hurry up and get this thing taken care of. And I'll buy it. You have to get on the phone with the seller. That's it. I'm going to, I'm going to say this 10 more times and everybody's going to try and complicate this. 
get on the phone with the seller and you might very quickly hear the seller go, nope, we're never selling that property, Lori, because we're waiting for one of our children to get old enough to then take it over. We're never going to sell this property. And that solves the whole problem. You ain't, you're never going to buy the house, right? Or they say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you called. We were just about to um, list the property on the MLS, but we really don't want to. The faster you get on that phone call, the faster you actually understand what's really going on. Okay. There's no other advice that anybody should ever give you besides that. Okay. And if anybody's like, oh, we need an investigator. Yeah, you do. You investigate what the phone number is for the seller and get on the phone with them. Not the seller, but the family member. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okie dokie. Was that good advice or you don't like that? That's good, good advice. I have the phone number, but it's non-operable. Um, okay. Well, then you need to skip trace it properly and you need to then do some investigative work on getting that phone number. Okay. Where'd you get the phone number? Um, true people. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's that's like looking up yellow book from that's like looking under somebody's couch of like a yellow book that's 15 years old and go oh you know what let me pull this up you're gonna not you're not gonna get good numbers from that um that you see in the lower left hand corner of the screen sponsored by batch leads that's like industry standard everybody uses batch leads to pull mm -hmm. phone numbers and get lists and foreclosure data and all that kind of stuff um they sponsor the show i don't talk about them as much as i should but batchleads.io forward slash pace, and you'll get like 500 text messages for free to do outreach to sellers. But that's where we get all of our data. You go into batch leads, you put the information there, you can skip trace that seller. It costs you 12 cents, I think is what it costs. 12 cents, so you'll get the right phone number. Okay. And you'll get like next of kin and all, all, all sorts of stuff. Right, so we I have a bunch of Mexicans, but unfortunately, there did you say a bunch of Mexicans? No, I say a bunch of necks of kin. I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, came up for the uh, deceased, and so I have a address for one of the main uh family members. So I'm gonna, Lori, get get who, where, what city is this in? It's uh, St. Louis. I got students and a whole bunch of students in St. Louis. Go out there and freaking knock on the door with them. Okay. Go into the Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group and go, who, who can come in? Who can go on an appointment with me and knock this door and talk to the seller? Okay. Go, 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 go. I'm going to do that. You're making me want to jump on a plane and come and knock a, <laughs> knock a door. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm very, very anxious to, to do this. Cause I, like I said, this property. You, you need to remember what we talked about at the very beginning. If you guys have stuck around, you need to follow the leader. Who's the leader in your life right now, Lori? Nobody. You need to get a, Carolyn is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. You've got good people. Have somebody take you to the house and show you what an appointment should look like. Okay. The buddy system. So if I lived in St. Louis, I would probably be trying to hang out with Nellie and have lunch with Nellie. But after outside of hanging out with Nellie, I would then go knock doors with you and I would go talk to the seller. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Lori. Bruce, what up, dog? How you doing? I saw you laughing in the background. So I got to ask you, answer your question. You gave me a little bit of love.
You're muted, dog. You're muted. Oh, my bad. My bad. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm killing it, dude. Yeah, you are. Dude, this is an honor. Uh, what was my question? Oh, um, uh, what are your thoughts about, like, obtaining uh, real estate tax professional status on your taxes, I guess? Um, I It's not important for me how I like how I deal with all that kind of stuff. Cause I use depreciation to have zero taxes, no matter what. So I really like you, everybody's worried about like, Oh, real estate professional, this, that, and the other, yeah. I buy enough real estate. It doesn't matter what my tax status is, which Got means it. you, cause you, what you're worried about is your, your taxable, right? Right. Your tax rate. Yeah. I buy enough real estate and I use enough depreciation that no matter what classification I am, it's taken care of. Okay. Um, so I have, uh, Another question, just real quick. Um, I have a situation where the um, uh, the couple are going through a divorce. Um, they have, I don't know, maybe like three fifteen on on the note, and uh, I think the wife just wants to walk away with, I think thirty. Um, okay. ARV is probably, you know, probably low fives. Okay. Um, just trying to find a uh, a better uh, uh, solution for them because the um... Bruce, do you know what a hybrid deal is? No. So you haven't been working with my students? I haven't. Shame, shame, shame. Yep. Okay, so here's a hybrid deal. Okay, my house, the way I bought my house, I, I bought a three million dollar home. Okay. And the seller only owed one point two million dollars on the on the loan. Okay. I had the seller seller finance $1.8 million in second lien position at 0% interest. That's called hybrid. It means part subject to part seller finance. Okay. okay. So you can do the same thing when a seller has that much equity, just structure it properly where you take over their 310 sub 310 subject to, and then the remaining equity you structure in a way where they get payments over time for their, their remaining equity. Uh, Okay. I see what you're saying. Do you really? Um, so, I mean, as far as like getting. Um, so Bruce, you're, I'll, you're, I'll get, I'll get with the, another student, but like, as far as like the paper, yeah, as far as like the paperwork, I, I don't um, give that paper. I, I wouldn't give that paperwork work away to my mother. Okay. The, the paperwork only goes through my students. You'll have to, you'll have to go through my students to get that paperwork and do a deal with them to get the paperwork. Yeah, no, I've I've got a buddy that's uh that's going through uh, uh, subject two, so I'll, I'll I'll definitely reach out to him. I I actually reached out to him earlier and uh, kind of threw it out to him. I I haven't heard from him. So, well, you got a lot of them right in here. We got 500 people in the live chat. You got people, Bruce, put your phone number in the side chat, get out, get off, get out of the back stream, go back to my YouTube, put your contact information and tell like Christian Hernandez and Mamadou and other people yeah. say, Hey guys, work with me. I got a deal. Please work with me. And you might find out it's not a deal and that's perfectly okay too. But there's ways right. to structure these that there's, I, I would structure that in a way where I would take over the underlying mortgage the two sellers, right? The husband and wife, I would structure mm -hmm. their equity in a payment schedule as well. So I would have two payments. I would have the payment on the first mortgage, right? Just like me. Okay. I have, and go watch the YouTube video on how I bought this house. Okay. 
type in Pace Morby or Jerry Norton Pace Morby. Literally, I'll sh- I could find it for you how easy this is. I work my ass off to try and give you guys this value, and nobody ever looks at my shit. <laughs> um, I'll watch it. Let's let's. Uh, I'll show you how easy it is. So if I go to YouTube, you guys watch my. A lot of people watch my live, but people just don't want to look up like old data for some reason. But I I get it. Okay, so watch how easy this is. Jerry Norton, Pace Morby. So there we go. Right there. I'm selling my 11,000 square foot mansion using creative finance. So a year ago, only 10,000 views on this. Insane. Look at that disgusting beard. No, what, no wonder I wasn't getting laid every single day wearing that thing on my fi- ugly face. Okay, so um, here you go. There's the YouTube video. Got go it. watch that. I put it in the side chat. That's how I structure I my deal. I had a, the seller owed $1.2 million on a $3 million purchase. I've done this countless times, countless times where a seller owes half of what the value is worth, and we structure a hybrid. So part subject to, part seller finance. So there's actually two payments. On my 11,000 square foot house, okay, um, on my 11,000 square foot house, I, ha- I have a $1.2 million balance with Zions Bank. I pay $5,500 a month for that. Jerry Norton, I owe $1.8 million to, and I pay him whatever I want, right? Yeah. I, have 10, I have 10 years to pay his $1.8 million off at 0% interest. I structured it. I just negotiated back and forth until we figured it out. So with, with that one, I mean, obviously, you know, get the deal under contract, fix up the house, and then as, as rent comes in, kind of. Yep. Let's okay. say you have an Airbnb. Let's say your subject to loan on their 310 is like 2200 bucks, And then you do another $1,000 a month to their, pay, to their equity. So you have 4200 bucks hypothetically. I don't know. I'm just, or $3,200 sure, sure. hypothetically. Your Airbnb brings in six grand. Out of your six grand, you pay their $3,200, which pays down both of those mortgages and you still cash flow, right? Yep. At some point in two years, five years, seven years, whatever it is that you structure with that person, you refinance them out and you can keep the property or you sell the property on the MLS after it's appreciated yep. and you pay them yep. off, right? Depends on your, your, your strategy. I don't like selling properties. I want to hoard properties, keep them. Yep. Um, but some people are like, I kind of like selling properties every three or four years and getting a chunk of money. Thank you. That was huge. Thank you. Absolutely. That's my job. Guys, it's 910. I was on a three-hour Zoom with my Gators this morning, another one-hour Zoom teaching people uh, creative deal structuring, and now here I am, another two hours and 10 minutes. Um, Alexander Wallace, are you praying to God that I answer your question? (laughs) I was. I was. Thank you for answering it. I was actually in all of your Zooms today, so it's... uh, Oh, dope. Yeah, it was a lot of good information. Thank you for that. And um, so it was my birthday yesterday and I told myself, okay, I want to put myself out there more and, uh, you know, raise my hand in the Zooms. I'm in my third week of sub two now. Love it. I love love the action taking. You got to raise your hand and you got it. You got and you have to be animated like that to get attention. So good job. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, So really, I just wanted to because I'm kind of so new in a sense that I'm kind of stuck on how to proceed forward. I was very fortunate 
and I contacted a seller like really within like the first few days of joining sub two and it come to find out that he has 33 properties. So he had sent me his whole property list. And so like, I looked at him, I created a spreadsheet and I didn't really know kind of like how to move forward. Um, some of them were rentals, some of them were fix and flip opportunities and they're all in Florida. But um, so like just recently I had spoke to him again on Thursday and just kind of found out a little bit more information. I did try to JV, I won't name names cause I don't want to feel like I'm throwing anybody under the bus, but I just feel like maybe um, the timing of that person doesn't really align up with like trying to proceed. Who, who, who did you work with? Just tell me. <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I well, it's not that, it's not that it did anything wrong. It just wasn't a good fit. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I don't think that it wasn't a good fit. It's just maybe there's a lot going on on their plate. So I haven't really had the opportunity. Well, did you work with Bilal on this? No. Okay. So Bilal is working on a lot of portfolio deals right now, him and Brandon. Okay. They'll actually call the seller, negotiate with you. They'll break down all the deals. They'll do all that kind of stuff. Let me give you Bilal's um, info. Okay. Sorry, hold on. Okay, I wasn't sure if it froze. No, 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 I just, I'm, I wish I could do things faster, but it just takes me a bit. You ready for Bilal's? I'll, I'll give you Bilal's cell phone number um, in the, in our private chat. Like the, okay, perfect. And call, Bilal, call Bilal, he's, um, a, he's been a leader in the group for over two years. Okay. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal human being. I'm looking the private chat right now. Yep, I'm in it right now. Okay. I would text him right now. And if he doesn't reply to you tonight, just text him again first thing in the morning and say, hey, okay. spoke, to, spoke to Pace. He says you're the guy to help me out. So I don't know if it would be right for me to text him right now since I'm in Maryland. So it's 1215 here. Text Are him. You He's sure? in Chicago. Text him. Okay. Come on, dog. All right. I mean, I, I, don't, I just want to be respectful, you know. <laughs> I get your three well, hours. Bilal, Bilal's the guy that he, he'll, he'll appreciate the respect level of you texting him about a deal. Okay. He's that guy. Okay. And then, um, I guess to add on to that, when, how do you go about, I guess, structuring JV opportunities and things like that? Obviously I don't want to be naive and just think that, Hey, can you help me with this? It depends. So it depends on who I look at it as a 33, 33, 33 situation typically. Okay. okay. If you do a JV deal with me, I'm taking the lion's share just because I'm at a point right. where everybody wants to JV with me. But right. let's say I'm JVing with anybody else. There's three parts to the puzzle, okay? Who's bringing the money is 33%. Who's bringing the deal is 33%. And who is um, managing the deal is 33%. So depending on the deal, the management portion could mean something different. So if it's a, we're going to lock this up and wholesale it, well, the management of that deal might be, I closed the deal because Alexander's so new, I had to jump in and get on the phone and then I'm also going to help dispo the deal or whatever else, right? So okay. you brought the deal. So you would get 33% of that deal. Somebody else closed it. Somebody else funded it or somebody else found the buyer. They would get 66%. So what I see a lot of times with, with people that are brand new, they try and do everything on their own. And then four or five months goes on and they're like, dude, I haven't done a deal. Meanwhile, you could have done 
seven deals where you got 33% on the first one, 66% on the next five, and then go out on your own and get 100% of the deal. Um, So for me, I would look at if I get 20 to 40% on my first deal where somebody comes in and like actually gets me past the, the finish line, that's absolutely amazing. Right. And that's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking, um, just because I know that I'm very new at this point to kind of see everything through to the finish line. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I could watch, you know, all of the stuff in the sub two zoom vaults or the daily dials. But at the end of the The day, the most important thing is what you've already done, which is going out and generating a lead and then immediately turning around and finding somebody inside of sub two that will help you do it. Okay. That if, if I could, if I could have you do one thing, Alexander, in sub two, the first thing I would have you do is make 25 friends. Five of them need to be leaders. 20 of them are brand new people. You've heard me say this before. Right. Bilal is a leader. Him and his partner are absolute leaders. They're closing multifamily deals. They're closing portfolio sellers. They're gangsters. And Bilal is probably one of the sweetest people as well. Alexander, I'm going to tell you also another piece of advice. Instead of you being a new, a new person, what I would do is throw that out because here's the great thing. You, you've been in sub two long enough to know that it is a different culture than you've probably ever been anywhere else, right? Right. Okay, so what I would do is I would throw out to Bilal like, hey, Bilal, how are you splitting this up with other people? Pace suggested a 30 to 40% split to me. How are you guys doing it with the other people? And trust that he's going to take care of you. Okay. All right. I just know in other industries, you kind of had to have something signed so that you didn't kind of so that there was no cutthroat. Not that I say Bilal would never go here. Bilal's been with me for two years. If he ever cut your throat, he would cut. He would basically cut his own throat for being out of the community entirely. Okay. All right. Yeah, and he and here's the thing. Bilal's a personal friend of mine. Like, like I I love and adore this man. If he ever did anything wrong to you, you DM me and I'll freaking I'll cut his throat. Okay. All right. No. No. No need for violence. I I just you know just uh, want to. I want to be able to see the success in this. And also because um, you're, you're going to Washington and I didn't realize that Robin hurt worked for UPS. I'm actually a driver for UPS. So I understand that grind. And so I was actually going to say, maybe, you know, the next zero to hero, you can come back to the East coast and help another UPS person out. I would love to, I would love to um, go to Maryland because I'd love to spend time. By the way, Alexander, you're in Maryland. I'm going to tell you my top 10 favorite student of all time is in your market. Okay. Sabina. She's like share, bro. She only needs one name. Okay. Everybody knows sub um, Sabina. Everybody knows Sabina made millions of dollars inside of our community. Millions of dollars. You know how she makes that millions of dollars. She helps the new students get their first deal, their second deal, their third deal, et cetera. Okay. Sabina is a gangster. Okay. Absolute amazing. Now you've also got John Lim. You've got a whole bunch of other people in that market. I won't go through the whole list, but make sure you tap into that accountability group. Sabina is one of my favorite human beings on the sub two community outside of sub two community. Sabina is more important to me than most of my friends. Okay. Wow. And she is, she will love you. She's going to speak to you like she's Russian, which she is. And, um, you will be deathly afraid of her accent, but just know that she's the most sweet person you'll ever meet. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll here. I'll give you her. I'll give you her cell phone too. You don't need to don't text her tonight. Right. Yeah. So, um, with, uh, with Bilal, who cares, but with, with Sabina. All right. I'll text Bilal right now. 
Yeah, text Bilal. Hey, talking to Pace, he told me to text you. Sorry, bro. I know it's late, but Pace told me it was the demand. Right. And then text Sabina tomorrow and just say, hey, Sabina, talked to Pace last night. He said how much he loves you and that I should chat with you. I'm a newer student in the market. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Sound good? Sounds great. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey, Alexander Wallace, do you see Al Edmondson says, I need Sabina's contact. So what I would do, Alexander, is contact Sabina tomorrow, develop relationship, and then call Al Edmondson, figure out how to get a hold of him on Instagram or whatever, or inside the Sub2 Facebook group. Okay. And call him and um, give him Sabina's phone number. Okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, I'll just... Uh, is it okay? I guess the person that wanted to reach out to me, if I just put my IG in here or. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, two and a half hours Sunday service. That's been a lot. I haven't done one of these in a long time. I, it's probably been a year. I used to do Sunday service for four hours. Sometimes I would go crazy. So hopefully this was helpful guys. Um, Really appreciate you. By the way, anybody that's listening right now, please remember that uh, we are going to be um, talking about, let's see, where is this link? Where's that link for, of course, I don't have it. The link for the Follow the Leader Challenge. Let me give that to you guys. If you have not signed up for this challenge on August 1st to September 1st, where I will be moving my wife, my kids, et cetera, to the Northwest. Please make sure you register for that. It's a 30-day challenge, completely free. Make sure you get involved in that. Help us spread the word as well. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully this was good. Thank you.